What's up, listener? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This week, we discuss the crazy Batman movie rumors flying around the interwebs. We geek out over the Thor Ragnarok teaser trailer, and we discuss the guy they picked to play Cable in Deadpool 2. Plus, you're going to get our full review of season one of Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. In this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Wednesday, April 12th, 2017. I am the Iron Fist. The hell does that mean? Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Be nerded. Be funny. Disturb it. What's up and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, the listener. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, rugs? What's up, dudes? How's it going? How's it going? going? <laughs> oh, no, we all jump on your lines now. <laughs> I waited a second because I knew someone was going to do something. <laughs> it's almost it. instinctual to go when you say what's up to go, how's it going? It's like it going? it's like when somebody asks you, what are you? You have to say, I'm Batman. I'm Batman, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what well, <laughs> are you? What are you? <laughs> I'm Batman. Uh, welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This is your weekly geek digest covering all things comic book, superhero, movie, television related in pop culture. Don't worry, listener. There's plenty of room and I guarantee you we will not have to reaccommodate you for this show. Oh, shit. Everyone can remain seated and boarded. Everything's fine. Everyone just relax. <laughs> By the way, I just bought some United stock. It was really cheap for some reason. I can't wait to fly United um, uh, end of this month. Yeah, you're going to you're taking it to to Vegas. That didn't turn you off at all, did it? This flight's going to be a drag. (laughs) Why don't they tell you before you get on the plane? Oh, you're talking about are you talking bringing up like this situation? Because they don't care about their customers. Well, they they fucked. They admittedly they fucked that one. They they shouldn't have people let people on the plane. (laughs) Like, well, does like, that happen? Does that happen all the time? I don't know. I'm familiar with this. Uh, yeah, this it, it, people get kicked off planes all the time. Like while they're sitting in the yeah, seat. dude. There's tons of videos that are coming out. Like this happens all the time. Well, the, the in the seats is is not as often. Like how it's do more, they pick the guy though? It's more often that they they don't let anyone board, and they're like, we need someone to volunteer, and then eventually they're like, okay, well, if no one volunteers, we'll have to kick. They pick out. the oldest, most Asian-looking person on the plane, and they right. volunteer him. I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, don't reaccommodate me, bro. (laughs) Don't taste me. Don't reaccommodate me. I think it'll be a hit. Look, if you're a first time listener, thanks for checking us out. What we do here is uh, discuss geek news and then we review things. And sometimes we have awesome interviews with creators and uh, other fun people. This show, we're going to go through some geek news and then we are going to review the first season of Marvel's Iron Fist on Netflix. Geek Booner. The fourth uh, the fourth character from the Marvel Netflix universe on their way to the Defenders. Uh, if you want to check out, follow along with the show, just visit jockandnerd.com slash 162 for the show notes where we got links to everything, everything we talked about. 
and uh, I'm going to reaccommodate us right to the news. Let's get out of the seat, fella. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Also, if you want to say hi or if you have a question for us, or if you find yourself screaming at your device while listening, well, then what you probably should do is visit jockandnerd.com slash contact and uh, send us a message. Send us your voice. Send us a tweet, an email. We will share it with the listeners and uh, read it on the show. Lots of fun interaction. Uh, before we start the news, uh, we lost a couple of really funny people uh, recently. I just wanted to pay respects because I've always been a big comedy nerd. Ever since I was a little kid, me and my sister would watch stand-up comedy and just I've loved comedy movies. Uh, Don Rickles, uh, the original OG insult comic, uh, died last week. And uh, he was old. He lived a long, full life. But Don Rickles was awesome, dude. He would, uh, if you just look up any roast from him, he was he would just rip you a new one to your face and smile and do it with amazing, amazing dexterity. And then we lost Charlie Murphy just today on the day we're recording the story came out, which is crazy. I still can't believe that. Yeah, Ruggs, you didn't even know until I showed you the show notes. Apparently he had been fighting leukemia, Eddie Murphy's older brother by a year and Star of possibly the funniest fucking bit I've ever seen on television. When I saw a true Hollywood story with Charlie Murphy and Rick James. Oh my God, I've never laughed so hard. That thing is so rewatchable. It's probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charlie Murphy! <laughs> darkness! Uh, Anthony, you're a big Chappelle fan. How was the, the, those, that one and the Prince one? How awesome uh, are those? Char- well, well, Charlie Murphy in general is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It, so. I didn't really know who Charlie Murphy was until that show. I was like, oh, that guy kind of looks like Eddie Murphy. Oh, right? wait, that is Eddie Murphy's yeah. brother. Holy I don't think. Fuck. Brother don't, Darkness, twin brother Darkness. I don't think a lot of people knew Charlie Murphy until those bits. You know, really broke him open. And But if you listen to old Eddie Murphy bits, he would have stuff about him and his older brother Charlie, and they were hilarious bits. That sucks. That's yeah. That's young. That's crazy. 57. So rest in peace, Don Rickles, Charlie wow. Murphy. Let's start with, uh, we just have a couple of quick news bits. I want to get to Iron Fist, but a couple of big things popped up. A couple of fun things to discuss, like these Batman movie rumors, which come to us via the way these crazy rumors have been coming to us in the the internet, but more specifically via Reddit, via 4chan. We've talked about these big rumor dumps in the past because they're fun to entertain. What I can't remember, has have any of them come true when we've talked about these things? Are any part of them? I don't remember. remember any of them. No, I don't Where remember. They? Yeah, there was. Remember, there was the like Spider-Man plot wasn't real. That wasn't real, but there was a whole DC EU one about yeah. a year ago. But I there can't. A, there was a Marvel one too. There's a Marvel one. Knowledge. I don't remember. I we'd have yeah. to look back. At I know. It. I feel like parts of them come true, but that could just be these people get lucky. Anyways, this time there's a ton of news about DC Warner Brothers plans for Batman. Here we go. Here's the first rumor. The plan. For 2019 is to release four Batman-related films. Oh, shit. They're talking Gotham City Sirens around Valentine's Day weekend, Nightwing on Memorial Day weekend, Batgirl in August, and The Batman in November. The studio is doing this to celebrate the 80th anniversary of Batman. Okay. Uh, it It goes on. The Batman film will have Deathstroke, but not as a main villain. Matt Reeves wants to do a larger scale Batman film that will include the Bat Family as well as most of Batman's rogues. And then in addition, two Batman animated films are also planned for 2019. 
One will be an ad- adaptation of the long Halloween. So that's like six Batman related releases in 2019. Uh, what, what do you guys think of this rumor so far? Wow. Well, I don't know if I think anything of it because I'm looking at the show notes and then you have the next article. So Right. But if the, if it was true that they were doing four Batman movies in 2019, I, man, that kind of seems like overkill. So Affleck's going to be in all of these movies? Well, that's the thing. Do you think he wants to like do bit parts in all these movies? It might be a little bit. He might be like, you know what? Fuck this shit. He's shoving me everywhere, diluting my character. I have no control. It is Batman's 80th anniversary. I, I had more thoughts, but it's tough for me to give thoughts when DC's already debunked this. Well, yeah. I'm, okay, we'll get to that. The other ones are uh, Grant Wilson might be the villain for the Nightwing solo film. Uh, he's hired by Roland Desmond to take out all the mob bosses in Bloodhaven. Suicide Squad 2 or Dark Universe will most likely be taking Aquaman's previous release date which was October 5th, I believe. Mel Gibson is no longer the frontrunner to direct Suicide Squad sequel. Uh, Jaume Collet Sarah and Ruben Fleischer are now the top candidates. The script is currently being written with a story pitch given by Ayer. Killer Frost will be the new female lead to replace Harley Quinn. The Dark Universe script is going through final rewrites. Guillermo del Toro's old treatment was used as a base and was rewritten to connect to the universe. If Doug Liman is ready, filming could start as early as summer. Four movies are also planned for 2020. Warner Brothers wants to do two low-budget, smaller-scale films and two big-budget, larger-scale films per year. I actually really like that idea. Jonathan Levine is in talks to direct The Flash. The film will most likely release in 2020. And Matthew Vaughn will most likely write the Man of Steel sequel if he takes on the direct directional duties. And then there was another thing about uh, Black Adam solo movie being scrapped and he would be the villain in the Man of Steel sequel, which... Would be kind of fun to see Henry Cavill and The Rock do like a superhero beatdown. Uh, that would be fun to watch. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts about the second half of uh, rumors here? Well, it's just hard to believe any of this is going to happen until it actually happens because DC always has these big plans. And then me and all of us will then start talking about all how uh, the director's not doing this or like they're restructuring everything. It so all like falls I- through. Everything falls through, or at least like some of this will fall through. So I don't, I don't really have much speculation on any of this. Yeah, okay. it feels like that they cry wolf all the time. It's going to tell us all this shit, and then yeah, none of it's going to come come to fruition. It's just going to be a bunch of bullshit. I really think that uh, two small movies and two big movies—that is a great idea for how them. About, how about? Instead of making two small movies and two big movies, let's make a good movie. Well, that's the other and thing, we, and then yeah. we can, and then we can do four movies in a year. Exactly. They're 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 like dumping their load and shoving all these movies. They're like more, more, more. How about you give us one good movie? As I said in the community page, I mean, if any of this is true, yeah, it it just goes back to what DC always has been doing with their movies ever since the eighties is or any other properties really with with whether it be comics or even TV is. When they don't know what to fucking do, they, <laughs> they, they, they turn to Batman. That's all they do. They just turn to Batman. It's always the uh, good go-to. Just put Batman in it. Just, uh, or, Batman. or Batman. And then, you know what? Part of me, I'm, I, I, you know, we love Batman. Give me more Batman. Just if it's going to make it so shitty that people don't care anymore, then uh, be concerned. But give me more Batman. So anyways, DC Films producer John Berg seemed to put some doubt into this plan when he tweeted to Jeff Johns. He goes, hey, Jeff Johns, why didn't you tell me we were releasing four Batman movies in 2019? Can we increase that to 10? 
To which Jeff Johns replied, he says, 27, including Batmite, the movie. Oh, shit. Uh, as if, you know, if uh, these guys don't know about it, then, uh, that yeah, then I don't That's know. That's why it was hard for me to even get yeah. excited. It was like, or not even get excited, but to even have any thoughts because they already debunked this. But they have announced all these movies, but the the question is, when are they actually going to get the, the, their shit together? They have like 17 things in development, uh, very early stages of development. All right, look, let's talk about something that gives me way more geek boner than the mess. Let's talk about something that's actually going to happen. That's actually going to happen, and it's going to be awesome, and that is Thor Ragnarok from Marvel Studios. We got a teaser trailer, an incredibly fun, exciting teaser trailer uh, a trailer to the point where people the general audience our friends who who would never end a thor were like holy crap this looks awesome i want to watch this movie uh what do you see in this uh thor trailer directed by taika waititi is you get a sense of this is a different tone from any other thor movie you got a, you got some also retro uh, uh, captions and titles coming at you, radiating out to you, like from the eighties. You see Hela and Asgard. There's so many things, and look, there's no surprise. And I think a lot of people were surprised is that you see the motherfucking Hulk. Oh shit! Wow. At the end, something we were all waiting for, but I think a lot of people had no idea that the Hulk was going to be in this, and it it super surprised them. Uh what 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 thoughts on this trailer? What do you guys got? I mean, I I was I admittedly I love anything Marvel does right now. And this is another one that's just right up there for me. Originally, when they announced that they were going to make Ragnarok, I was like, man, this movie is going to be like really dark. Yeah. Like this is because it's the end of all things. Ragnarok. That's a huge storyline, but it seems like they've gone in the complete opposite direction. I mean, Hela looks uh, great. Yeah. She does look evil, but yeah. this movie is definitely got that vibe of Thor meets Guardians sort of yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. Just with the color palette and how wacky it is and in space. So I wouldn't be surprised if this connects to Guardians in, in more ways than one, just because that's kind of the, the way it makes sense to connect the, the Avengers to the Guardians. Uh, the One thing I like, I mean, there's a bunch of things, the colors, the, the, the how funny it looks, Hulk. Um, the one thing I, look, I noticed that Marvel movies haven't done with Thor is they've really embraced helmets which is a big part of Thor's yeah. mystique. I mean, he he's never wears the helmet other than like a brief shot in the first uh, first movie. Uh, he's finally wearing his helmet. Uh, Loki's got his helmet. He's worn that a couple times. But Hela's helmet, which should look like complete garbage, looks really awesome from that one shot. You see, look, Hela's helmet looks amazing and comic book accurate. That his battle helmet is badass. Loki's, she, she, or her, well, her. No, I'm talking about when he puts the battle helmet on at the end. Oh, that looks great. Loki's helmet is from the comic books. There, you know, the colors in this are great, and there is so much Jack Kirby influence. In the sets, uh, in this trailer, that it, it's really awesome. Who, because he he set a lot of these visual things with Thor, uh, and like, is he breaking the fourth wall in the beginning? Where like, there's a record scratch. There's like a record scratch, and he's like, oh, I probably didn't. You didn't expect to see this. And I was like, is he breaking the fourth wall? That's crazy. And then Hela destroys Mjolnir. That's huge. Like as campy and as fun as this is, like that is a huge. Huge moment in the canon, but you're right, Anthony, tying this to Guardians where we've seen Thanos to Avengers 4 where we're going to fight Thanos. Like the, these connections are great moving moving along in phase three. Rugs, what did you like about the, the – The thing? only thing I didn't like was the whole 
Mjolnir getting destroyed thing. I was like, that that, that was impossible to do. Right. That's why so, it's so I was big. Like, Whoa, they're doing this in a movie? Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, I'm echoing all the things that you guys said. Basically, shit that shouldn't look good looks great. Like Hela's helmet shouldn't look good, but it looks awesome. And um, whoever's doing the production design, who's ever, whoever the art director in this thing really has it, uh, you know, done an awesome job and bringing this stuff to life. And I think it's going to be good. I mean, you can always be fooled by a good trailer, but it seems like they got their shit together. And, you know, hopefully they don't kill Hella off. All right. Let's keep her around. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's. (laughs) I've heard rumors about actually Hella on like uh, different forums, but some people are speculating that Hella is going to be the version of death yep, that yep. Thanos falls in love with. Yeah, and the, you know, that's not bad. I kind of like that. You tie, tying uh tying the thread together from there. Uh Jeff Goldblum looks looks great and just perfect Jeff Goldblum. You see Scourge? You see Carl Urban as Scourge for Dude. a second and he's shooting like machine guns, which you is See that? You yeah. Got, you got a a lot of shots of uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. She looks, looks like great. He, yeah, looks like a, a captured Guardian who now works for Jeff Goldblum's character. What's his character? The, the uh, he's the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Yeah. Okay. And of course, the great line at the end where Thor's like, "Yes, Which I has know already him." Been, already been made into a thousand memes. I know that so many stupid memes and, and gifts. <laughs> but on all the stuff on Sakaar, man, you see a lot of Jack Kirby geometric influence in the sets in the background. It's like you said, that dude Andy Park. Uh, worked on the costumes for this and he's great and he 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 really ca- I mean he made it comic book uh accurate and it still looks awesome and I think you know how Hella has those spiky in that one shot she's got those spiky antlers like those things move also you can see briefly when she's flipping that the spikes are kind of alive and they're attacking yeah. people yeah so a lot that, of that shot is actually if you look slow it down frame by frame yeah it looks like that's a shot of Hela and her like army fighting Asgardians, fighting the Asgardians. Maybe yeah. in the past or something like that. Like they've been at war before. Or it doesn't even look like Asgardians. It looks like Valkyrie, like multiple Valkyries. I'm also thinking a lot of what they showed us here is like first act of the movie because you know we were promised a road trip movie. They got to make it back to Asgard. They got to fight Hela. All this stuff probably happens in the first act, setting everything up and like. Oh my God! What a great tone! What like for for Thor? A lot of people don't like Taika Waititi. I noticed they were like, I don't like this director. It's too like, fun. but I think I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect tone for Thor. Well, remember, it's just a trailer. That's true. How many times did you watch it? A lot, <laughs> like five times. I'll tell you what. This was also uh, Marvel broke a record with this trailer. It is now the most viewed Disney trailer in its first twenty four hours. Oh shit! I gotta admit, I watched it more than I, than any other trailer that I've seen like this year. I've watched it. I've looked at screenshots. I've seen the gifs. They've broken down. Like it's just so much fun. It was. There's a lot to look at. I think yeah. that's the point. Is there's a lot to see and a lot that like. Wait, I gotta catch that again. I want to see that again. A lot of I can't. 136 million times it was viewed in 24 hours. This is crushes Marvel's previous previous studio record with Captain America: Civil War with 94 million, but it also beat Beauty and the Beast's recent 127.6 million views and Star Wars: Force Awakens 112. So this thing crushed. I think this thing is like people didn't people are got people excited for a Thor movie, which they haven't really been. Uh, until they just like seeing him in the Avengers. Well, you know what? Him. You know why they kind of they've got a 
make a big splash with this one. I don't. I think this comes out in November. Yes. Right. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, there's another movie that comes out in November. This is going to probably go. It's going up against the Justice League, Justice people. League. Yeah, so, so the the hype train that's is tough competition. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, I mean, I know we bash on DC, but the Justice League is a huge name to go up against in comic book comic book films. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Hulk looks so great in this, though. At the end, wow! Like that one close-up shot of his face, it just got me really excited. I can't. And then uh, Doctor Strange is in this. Hopefully, the three of them get together and they. Yeah, they they really didn't reveal. I mean, there's really nothing. The the only plot point you get is uh, Hela destroys Asgard and Thor's on another planet. And Thor's bans the car. They got to fight, and that's it. And that's great. So that seems to be the formula with a lot of trailers, except. Kong Skull Island is that <laughs> you don't show the third act in right. the trailer at all. That or at least, at least in the first couple trailers. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's great. Stop doing the full reveal. I mean, I think hopefully the the Spider Man Homecoming, like all that shit, is like first acty shit. Too, please tell me there's more. They I felt like they started teasing third act stuff when he was in the in the regular like. Uh, or when he was in the homemade Spider Man, yeah, the yeah. homemade suit. Yeah, maybe, but then if he does get. At some sort of proper suit at the end, you know, there's still that. Yeah, there's still. So. I mean, who knows? Yeah. All right, moving on. We got some exciting casting news. Uh, this who's going to play Cable in Deadpool two for weeks? Uh, there have been all these speculations. Stephen Lang. It's not Stephen Lang, and I don't even <laughs> want to talk about this because every week it was another person from your Brad Pitt to uh, the guy David Harbor from Stranger Things. Uh, but finally, they have cast. Cable, and it's none other than Thanos. It's Josh Brolin. Oh shit! Josh Brolin has officially been cast as Dead as Cable in Deadpool two, uh, joining that girl Zazie Beetz from uh, Atlanta, the show Donald Glover show as Domino. This uh, I like this pick. I could see him as. Is it going to mess with him being Thanos? Is my question. Who cares? It doesn't is matter. It gonna, what do you mean? Is it going to mess with him? You acting like. Actors can't have multiple roles. I mean, they're not gonna like. No, they can. Is it gonna confuse people? It probably shouldn't because no, you can't because tell. he's 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 motion captured as Thanos. Yeah, you barely tell. That's his face. Remember, Michael Shannon almost got this role. But uh, what do you guys think of uh, the Brolin as Cable? I think I think it's good. I like it. Yeah, I think it's, I, it's pretty good. I, I like it too, and I think compared to like like Ryan Reynolds I I question if he's actually a well-rounded actor. Yes. I don't I don't question that with Josh Brolin. No, I think he will play off well off the Reynolds. I, I think Brolin may even like elevate. I, I was going to say he's going to have to up his game to keep up with Josh Brolin. And apparently this is a four picture deal for the Josh Brolin. Good for him. So you can sp- string them off into the. Uh, well, you know what that kind of tells you about yeah. the way X Men universe is going is they're they're going to start really leaning on Deadpool and and it looks like maybe Cable for their movies. Well, you know you could put them in X Force, you could put them in cameos in New Mutants, you could start having them show up in this new set of X Men movies. You they they're trying to make so it looks like Ryan Reynolds and like Josh Brolin are leading the like it used to be it was always Hugh Jackman. Um, you know, with Patrick Stewart, and right? All the people, and then they kind of like were leaning on Jennifer Lawrence and Fassbender and McAvoy, and, and they didn't like, have the anything next. to do with it. Yeah, and then these are the next two guys. They're gonna roll out X Force, and they're gonna have X twenty three. They're gonna, oh have, yeah, they're gonna have Negasonic Teenage Warhead. They're gonna have Colossus, Cable, Domino, and Deadpool, and that's X Force right there. Boom. That's pretty sweet, team. I'd be down with that. 
I like that. That's pretty uh, geek boner. But no, I think I think it's smart to uh, kind of now let's use these guys as the anchor. Uh, now that the old the old crew has kind of moved on, and J Law they won't have any part of this. Clearly, she looked bored in that whole movie. Uh, next bit of interesting news, guys, I want to share is if you uh, in our last post show on Patreon, uh, Rugs and I after the Delaware left, you left Anthony, we started talking about like politics and religion. It got real deep. It's always uh, you know we kind of let our guard down. Uh, but David Zika liked the audio. He liked it on Patreon. So I have to thank him for that because nobody likes anything on the fucking Patreon page. But he Because po- it's complete garbage. Because it's complete uh, <laughs> audio garbage in your ear. You're going to love it. But he posted this article that kind of brought our conversation full circle back to comic books. And it's the fact that X-Men Gold, the artist on X-Men Gold, uh, hid some political and religious messages in the first issue of X-Men Gold, and I wish I had bought this now. Here's what happened. Uh, the artist's name is Ardian Saif. This was first pointed out by a Reddit user that there were specific verses and codes from the Quran in this book. The primary message inserted into X-Men Gold number one is an image of Colossus in a shirt that reads QS 5 colon 51, a reference to chapter 5, verse 51 of the Quran which in common English translation reads, Oh, you you who have believed, do not take the Jews and Christians as allies. They are, in fact, allies of one another. And whoever is an ally to them among you, then indeed he is one of them. Indeed, Allah guides not the wrongdoing people. Uh, However, the commonly used Indonesian translation, which is he's Indonesian, uses the term leaders instead of allies. This is all because Indonesia, this guy's Indonesian, and uh, this is uh, based on a protest this verse has been used as a rallying point against Basuki Tahaja Purnama, the Christian governor of the capital of Jakarta. Kazintite. Yeah, bless you. Some Indonesian Muslims have accused Purnama of blasphemy against the Quran, a crime in Indonesia, and have called for his removal from office or arrest. Uh, and then there's a second image that appears in X-Men Gold. The number 212 is on a building in the background. Uh, this number was primarily seen juxtaposed next to Kitty Pride. Uh, a Jewish character. Kitty Pride's Jewish? I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the 212 has been used as a reference for specific peaceful protest against Purnama, which took place on December 2nd, 2016, in which an estimated 200,000 Indonesians marched against the politician. 212 is also the area code in Manhattan where X-Men takes place. So uh, since the discovery of this, Saif has confirmed this. And he's in a statement released via Facebook, he asked for those discussing it to remain civil. Um, and and concurrently, Marvel has terminated him for putting this stuff in. Uh, Saif has he, taken. He, put it, he said his career is over. He said his career is over. He's he took the position that he was using his art to protest Pranama's blasphemy and has not yet apparently addressed the anti-Semitic or anti-Christian message that many have taken from the hidden references. Saif's Facebook page has since been deleted entirely. Wow. Uh, this is pretty crazy. So just to fill the listener in, look, if I tell you to Indonesia is a crazy place right now for Muslims. If I tell you, think of a Muslim person. I think a lot of people, they're going to think of like an Arab person. And I think second, you're going to think of like a brownie, like a Paki, an Indian person, right? That's what you guys would think possibly. Oh, those aren't one in the same. They aren't in the same. No, here's the thing. <laughs> fucking with you. The, the largest ethnic population of Muslims out of all the Muslims are actually Indonesians. Yeah. Indonesians make up. And they also have very extremist radical groups in Indonesia, like Abu Sayyaf, 
who will take you to the woods and behead you. Is that Abu Sayyaf? Abu Sayyaf's Philippines. Oh, that's the Philippines. There's a, I forget. There's one in Indonesia. They all look alike. Yeah. In fact, it's so crazy there. I saw the recent Vice episode on HBO. Uh, Banda Aceh, the, the city of Aceh, is experimenting with running full Sharia law, Islamic law, in Aceh right now. And there's a dude, they have religious police and they walk around and they make sure that nobody's drinking booze, that men and women who aren't married are, aren't alone, that the women are properly covered up. They were showing, they train them how to cane people. There's like public canings. You get 40 lashes. It's some crazy shit. You know what? Mike Pence would probably like it there right now because he also, as we know, does not sit at a dinner table without his wife. If there's another woman there, he will not do that. He's a crazy person. Uh, but this, uh, this militism and, 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 and kind of what's going on in, in this Islamic world in Indonesia, like made its way into an X-Men comic book. And you know, the X-Men has been the book that always brings up social injustices. Well, I think here, let's, let's jump in. Break this you just, down. You just yeah. write, you just talk the entire time Imran. Great. I think I'm glad for the recap. Let's, let's separate the, let's separate the, the argument here. I don't think any of us know enough about what's going on in Indonesia to even speak about it. Right. I'm just assuming. But what the real question is, is does an artist, is an artist allowed to draw or make a political statement without asking anybody in his art for like a commercial company? I think that's the real question is, is what did he cross a line here? Of course, but I'm sure people do it. Right. All the time. Just, they don't get caught. Yeah. this yeah, dude I'm got sure. Caught. I'm sure that gets, I'm sure it gets, I'm you sure even back in the Disney day. Movies? I was going to oh, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you see those animators drawing penises in the back of the little mermaid and yeah. the, as, as castles. Uh, I mean, the, it's just crazy. Cause like the, there's different translations of this and I've read the Quran and like, I don't take it literally, but just like, you know, fundamentalists who read the Bible. That I think, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't these articles confirm that he, that's what he was going for? Uh, pro- probably was because in, in Indonesia, I believe the Jews and Christians are minorities. So it's a little bit of like minority oppression, uh, the other way, uh, or do he, we all, do we all agree? He fucked up. Yeah. Oh yeah. He fucked up and he got caught and, uh, that's just crazy. Now, do you think this book will be collectors and will, will it increase in value? And I wish I had bought it. I wonder if I guess the, I did it. not buy it, but I could probably get a copy of it. I would assume it would. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this $200 book all of a sudden, but. I would assume it would increase in value. I mean, it's it's probably all the the new copies have that probably removed. It says at the time of this writing, the hidden messages remain in the version of X Men Gold that is available on Comixology, so you can still check it out. Uh, they also article says this isn't the first time an artist has snuck inflammatory hidden meanings into Fuck a Marvel no. comic. In 2000, Marvel fired staff inker Al Milgram after the artist was found to have added a derogatory message about then outgoing Marvel editor in chief Bob Harris into Universe X Spidey number one. Bob Harris is a dick. I don't know. Is that what he wrote? I don't know. Uh, but no, I just I thought this was a, a, a crazy story and it did kind of uh, come full circle from our Patreon post show. Thanks, David Zika, for posting this. Finally, wait, wait one, one thing. Yeah, I, I would just say. He was want. I mean, did he want to get? He probably wanted to get fired. I can't imagine that you wouldn't think you would get fired. I that, mean, that is literally just self sabotage right there. But it is such a harm. Like it just says QS five fifty one. It could stand for anything. I'm wondering that, how people figure is, it out. He's got that, but then he's also got Kitty Pryde with the Jew and the two one two. 
Oh, it's yeah. Well. It says jewelry right by your head too. It's That's a, right. It's shortened to say Jew. That, okay, so there's a lot of uh, there's there's more than one or two. There's there's a few references that are that make this more suspicious than just a Quran writing. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I would have denied it. I said fuck it. I'm like no, what are you talking about? It's yeah, for a quarter. It's a, coincidence. it's a coincidence. It's my favorite team, QS five five one. I love yeah. them. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Uh, finally, Rugs, uh, you saw Ghost in the Show? Yeah, it was it's playing at the Cheapy Theater. Oh, boy. That's that's uh, probably the way. Give me the two-minute review. $5 viewing. <laughs> was, it worth, was it worth $5, Rugs? Was it worth $5? Yeah. Now, this is the thing. When you go to the Cheapy Theater, they don't really have, like, the best equipment there. So, while everybody was sitting there talking about how they were mind-blowing uh, visuals, I did not get to see any of that. <laughs> it looked like I was watching it through a, a, a garbage bag. It's a grainy piece of shit. No, nah, it was like so dim and it looked like shit. But um, you know, I tried to complain, but they're like, you're at a $5 <laughs> movie theater. What are you going to do, douchebag? <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I can only judge it on you know the viewing that I saw. Was it the worst movie I've ever seen? Piece of garbage? No. Was it great? No. Okay. Um, basically, what the deal is, is that if you know anything about the anime and you know anything about the, the manga, basically, the story doesn't center around um, the major figuring out who she is. All right? She knows who she is, I guess. Or, or, or it's not a problem at that, you know, in, in the anime. It's not this big problem where it's a quest to find out who she is. That's the whole crux of this whole story. Right. So they're kind of veering in a whole other direction when um, Ghost in the Shell is basically uh, about an AI that like kind of comes to life on its own. And the AI is trying to basically say that he's human and then sh- that makes her question her humanity. You know? Okay. So that that's a totally different story than, than like, okay... I, I I'm a human in a in a cyborg. I, who am I? I don't know who I am. Why? That's RoboCop. You know they tried yeah. to make it RoboCop. Yeah. So they kind of like didn't really. There's a couple of uh, things that they ripped right from the anime, but the story is not there. That they missed central, the point of the story. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. So it, if you were a fan of Ghost in the Shell and you went to see this movie, you're gonna be like, "What the fuck? What the fuck did I just watch? I watched RoboCop." So um, did that? Did she? Ha- did they have to make her find out that she was a, a Japanese uh, person before? Um, you know what? We said that last time that um that they tacked that on. Yeah, I think the only thing they tacked on was that 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 she was Japanese. All right, they would have to rewrite the whole entire story to tack that on. Oh, okay. Because it's all about her finding out that she was a person with different memories. You know what I mean? Did did it feel that when she was Japanese, like, oh, wait, this is kind of weird now that she's a white girl that at one time was Japanese and now she's become this ideal white girl? Well, it, I mean, it makes it more like jarring. Yes, it's way more jarring where you like find out that in this metropolis, basically what they're, what they're telling you in this is that um, it's the future and Japan is now the center of the universe. They don't really actually ever say it's Japan. It could be Hong Kong or whatever. It's not really J- Japan. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they even state that in the anime that it's Japan or Tokyo. 
um, that you're in the basically the New York of the future. And it's just so happens to be in Asia somewhere. And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a melting pot. There's all different people, all different. There's like every kind of thing you can imagine. This isn't even in, in the anime. So were you, was I expecting her to have an Asian family? No, I thought that was a little jarring, but it does go along with the thing. They take your brain out and stick it in your in a robot. It doesn't have to look like we can make it look like whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's, this is the thing. It's like, this movie was not good enough to be a blockbuster um, because it, it, I mean, it had good action sequences, but didn't have enough of them. So it's like not enough action. Like the movie was only like an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. They could have gone two hours and thrown another big action sequence in there. And I don't understand where all this money got spent. I mean, I understand they used a lot of CG to create certain things, yeah. but I felt like, I mean, we're missing like we're missing like a big action scene here. We're missing something huge here to make this movie better. It seems like um, it just falls flat, falls short of uh, what it needed. Yeah, to be. I mean, um, there was Asian characters in the movie, like yeah. sprinkled throughout, but I think there was a lot of opportunities that there could have been even more. I mean, of course, Scarlett Johansson could have been an Asian character. Like they could have made it a little bit more kind of interesting that way, but they they chose not to. So. The movie isn't a terrible movie. I think if you watch it and like it's on cable, you'll watch it and be like, "Ah, oh, it's cool." But if you're like a Ghost in the Shell fan, they missed the mark. If you're a person that that politically doesn't like this movie, you're not gonna like it. It's not gonna change your mind. So it's pretty much a missed opportunity. Is it the worst movie ever? No, I say I gave it like a a C or something. Okay, C C plus. If it had that extra action sequence, that was really great. Or, or a little bit more uh, interesting stuff going on. Because basically what happens is she finds out, uh, I'm going to spoil the whole thing. Okay, here we go. Spoiler alert. I've already spoiled everything. But <laughs> the point is, is that the movie is about, that she finds out that um, everybody's been lying to her the whole time. The people who created her and this other guy that was like the, the prototype before her right. finds her and she f- realizes that they were friends. And that's none, none of that's ever in Ghost in the Shell. That's all. Oh, that's added. Okay. So the whole story is is based on shit that's not even in the anime. Oh, boy. And it's just like really menial shit like that's in every movie. So you have Ghost in the Shell. It's about hacking and and, and artificial intelligence and whether you're still, uh, if your brain is, is sitting there talking to a computer, is it, are you still human? Like those are the things that are spiritual about about that, and um, did they simplify? Like, it sounds like they simplified a lot of. Yeah, things. Yeah, they just made it like dumbed a, it a down. By, they yeah, they dumbed it down, made a paint by numbers movie, and all of the cool things are kind of just like on the surface. They're not really they're glossed over too much. Uh, what regarding the whitewashing controversy? What I found interesting is Anthony that article you shared last week uh, with Japanese Americans who had seen it and they were like, ah, oh, this is kind of fucked up. Right, well, I, I I did listen to that thing. Yeah, and this is the thing that I, the one point that I was just like, I don't get why she said that. She was talking about how we don't understand Japanese people and how they act and what they do and blah blah blah, and they never hug each other. And I'm like, this mother just found out her daughter wasn't dead for two years, and she shows up 
And she's gonna be hugging her. She's gonna be hugging she, the shit out. She of hugs her. But then I was thinking, I've watched many Godzilla movies where there's hugging all the time. Yeah, in the uh, in the original, doesn't there that shot where the lady is grabbing her kid and they all just get blasted? Yeah, but I mean, like, so I'm like, why are you saying that? That's like you're. I'm like, that's not actually true. I've seen Japanese movies where there's plenty of like emotions and people hugging and dads comforting their kids and stuff like that. I'm like, so those oh. are those are Japanese Americans. Ironically, according to this article from Screen Rant. Actual Japanese people don't really seem to mind, and they kind of like the movie. Japanese fans have given the film three stars for its story, four for its visuals. Uh, they talk to fans. One fan about the, uh, casting Scarlett Johansson, one fan, Tomoki Hirano, says she was very cool. I loved her in The Avengers, and I wanted to see this because she was in it. If they had done a Japanese live-action version, they would have probably cast some silly idol girl band member. Uh, another fan named Yuki admitted to not reading the manga, but still says Johansson is probably the best choice for the role. She quotes, quote, I heard people in the U.S. wanted an Asian actress to play her. Would that be OK if she was Asian or Asian-American? Honestly, that would be worse. Someone from another Asian country pretending to be Japanese. Better to just make her character white. So Japanese people, they're cool with it. Like, well, what, what's the thing? What's the problem? I don't really care about those interviews. Those are just they can handpick those. Those are fucking. Bullshit. Yeah. Imran, Im- you can't. You can't just say yeah, Japanese but, people are cool if they have an interview. I've seen yeah. a bunch of articles, though, but different. But the, uh, the, Japanese the difference is, is that it made money. In, it made money in Japan. It's it doing better over there. Yeah. So they don't. Uh, obviously, Japan doesn't have a, a big problem with it if it if it made decent money. It, it made better money than it did here. Yeah. So, but so I, they're not protesting it. But but um, you know, it's I don't really trust those things when you just put, pluck a guy out of the audience and get his opinion, and then that's the opinion of all Japanese people. Like I don't I don't believe that. So I mean, look, this movie, as I said, they they were fucked. They they fucked themselves big time. <laughs> they're damned <laughs> if they do, damned mean, if they don't. Yeah, because if if they like they put Scarlett Johansson in this movie. To put people in, to get people to say, "Oh, hey, she's in a, she's half naked in a movie. Let me go watch this." Does she look great though in that white suit? She does. She looks yeah. good. I mean, she does a good job. People were talking about her acting not being good and everything, but I thought she did great. It's just that, you know, it's a bad they, movie. <laughs> no, they, they didn't stick to the source material. They didn't have enough action for an action movie, and I'm wondering where all this money got spent. Well, look, thanks for saving me the hour 40. Like, would you even recommend this to, for, to anybody? I mean, I'm going to watch it again okay. when I when it comes out on DVD or I, so I could see it and it's and it's the way it's meant to be seen because I don't feel like I got a good view of it. It got like a shitty, it was it looked like shit on screen. So I want to <laughs> see these visuals that everybody talking about. But All right, well, thanks for the review. Anthony, does this make you want to watch this movie at all at any point? No, not, not at all. I, I'll just say this. I mean... Regardless of how much of an effect the outcry for her being an Asian actress was, right, or not being Asian, or not being Asian, yeah. Asian, um, they might have been right. I mean, this movie's fa- failing at the box office. It's a it's a movie that's I think under fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it, it's not even worth talking about anymore. Right. It's, it's a movie. It, it's it's a bust. The movie's a bust. They fucked up. They they made the wrong choice. The whole who, thing, who, know, yeah. who knows if casting an Asian would have been better or worse, uh, but what they did with this particular product didn't work. They, so that's and, a failure. And they might think twice now next yeah, they, time. They fucked over the fans Yeah, because they didn't give them the, the fans the movie that they wanted to see. 
they had a lot of controversy, which was negative press. That didn't help. Yeah. And, you know, that's that. And not only that, but it's not even that great of a movie. So it was really, it's a number of things. It wasn't just the, the fault of oh, the, the it, I don't, I don't think it's, yeah. it's, it's the fault of the... No. I mean, it could, that's definitely a fact. When you have negative press yeah. coming into a movie, yep. you're already going to segment the audience that, like, is strongly for... You know the, the the very liberal left. They're gonna knock me again for watching yep. this. Movie. They don't even then, give it a chance. And then and then on top of that, you you make as as uh, Rugboy said a, a not so great movie that isn't loyal to the source. But to, who are you even pleasing yeah. at that point? What a you're plus. just all you're pleasing by doing that is you're you're pleasing guys that want to fucking fap in the in yeah. the in the theaters yeah. to Scarlett Johansson. I'm oh pretty sure yeah. The, I'm pretty sure the the way that thing this thing coalesced was that they need they needed something for Scarlett Johansson to do. And they just slapped this into her hands. Yeah, they had this. And that thing. was that. They were like, okay, we need another. Lucy did well. We need yeah. another action vehicle for you where you're the star. And we have this floating around. Let's give her that. And they didn't realize that they they were going to fuck themselves by doing that. What? And I, I think Hollywood, although I think they're getting better at this, I think that sometimes they still fall upon the trap that, having an A-list actor or actress yeah. in a movie yeah. is going to draw people. And that hasn't been the case for a long time, except for a very small amount of actors or actresses. I also, I don't think so. like, like I think like Leo might be the, one of the only guys yeah. that can like legitimately, you'll go Tom see Hanks. for Leo. Tom Hanks used to be like Tom that. Hanks. Maybe he used to be Will, like Will Smith used to be Will like Smith that. He's not like that. that. The rock Ryan Reynolds wasn't like that. The rock might kind be like of, that. yeah, Kind of like there's no it's not like the days when it was like the Bruce 80s. Willis, when you had, yeah, yeah Stallone or Willis or what's his name? Schwarzenegger. Like yeah. that's gone. Like yeah. people aren't going to the movies just to see a name. No, that's crazy. And I also I don't think this will really hurt ScarJo's career moving forward. No, because she's made bombs like Lucy and shit and come back. Uh, all thanks to Marvel Studios. They'll keep her. They'll keep her floating. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the review, Rugs. Thanks for taking the bullet, saving us some time uh, watching the movie. Uh, that's it. Let's. Uh, we're going to play a couple of fun promos, and we're going to talk about the Iron Fist. After these messages, we'll be back. Hey there, everyone. My name's Carlos. And I'm Joe. Are you wondering what Captain America has to say about fascism, what the Iron Giant has to do with communism, or whether or not George Bush is the real Batman? Well, you are now. Have all your newfound questions answered on Thundersmash as Carlos and I, and a parade of guests, dive into the nitty-gritty of your favorite nerdy stories to find out what they have to say about life's big philosophies and ideas. You can hear it all on www.thundersmash.com. See you there. Hey, my name is Paul, and I'm not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I'm not an animal expert either. And together we do a podcast about animals called Varmints. Every week we pick an animal, do a bunch of research on it, and bring you some interesting facts about that animal. But we don't stop there. We talk about that animal in movies, TV, and other pop culture. And we talk about whether or not the animal would make a tasty dish, and how intelligent we think that animal is on a scale of 1 to 10. It's exactly like one of those fancy PBS nature documentaries. Except... Not at all like that, really, in any way. We're on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from, and we're at BlazingCaribouStudios.com. 
Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. If you ever believed Captain America was on the U.S. Olympic soccer team. If you ever thought that the Winter Soldier was that brace yourselves guy on the internet. And if you ever wondered just what would a raccoon do with a machine gun. Then don't let another week pass you by without tuning into Mighty Marvel Geeks. Mighty Marvel Geeks is your show about all things Marvel. With news, rumors, commentary, and interviews. As well as our weekly recommendations on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day. Official consulting hours are between 8 and 5 every other Thursday. That's Mighty Marvel Geeks on WeebyGeeks.net, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. The Jock and Ned Podcast. Hey, listener, you know, we have a fan club over on Patreon. If you visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, you can help us out, support the show for a low monthly pledge. You get an RSS feed that gives you access to an awesome private exclusive Jock and Nerd bonus podcast uh, where there's post shows, there's instant reactions, bunch of fun stuff, hours of extra audio. And I got a shout out to uh, our buddy, Matt Tellhauer, who was on the last show, who at the very end of the show pulled the trigger and became Nerd. a patron of ours. Join the fan club, uh, which is so awesome. He finally given back to the show. Well, look, he comes on the show and he, he gives a lot. And now he's giving actual money. I can't thank Tellhauer enough. Uh, so I just want to, every time we get a new one, I want to take a moment to thank everyone by name who supports us, like David Zika. Visit uh, his eBay store, Zika's Viral Comics, uh, Jimmy McPike, Jesse Looney, Ronald Hans, Adam Morris, David Molofsky of A Place to Hang Your Cape, and Philip Milan. And if you don't want to do like a recurring thing, which is what the Patreon is, you can send a one-time donation like our buddy listener Brett Zafka. Zafka. I don't know. How, I still don't know how to say his last name. There's too many consonants. Sorry, Brett. But thanks for your donation, pal. Uh, I miss Jesse Looney. I haven't talked to him in a while. Jesse Looney, volunteer firefighter. I wonder what what he's been up to. He was. Uh, we found a, he found us on Blab. Lots of fun. Is this card declining though? Uh, it may be. Jesse Looney, you may want to look <laughs> into that. Uh, just a oh, uh, shit. You know, just check the number. Check maybe maybe you don't know. Look, sometimes these things expire. You don't know. He's still on there. He's been down there like the longest too. So I'm glad you brought that up, Anthony. It wasn't awkward at all. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> we are gonna. I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think you get to be a Patreon uh, donor when your card declines. That's a good point. I'll give. You don't get to be recognized. You, get, you, you have 30 days, Jesse Looney, and I'm gonna <laughs> kick you off. Thing. Uh, look, we're. Let's move on to our review of. The newest Marvel property on Netflix, season one of Iron Fist. And let me just issue this. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. Uh, this show, before it even came out, the minute Finn Jones was cast, came under controversy. So the, it, it all started from there. The kind of also a ghost in the shell. This whitewashing thing continued with the show. Then there was bad reviews of the show. Uh, the Iron Fist, of course, let's talk about him in the comic books for a second. First created 1974, first appearance, Marvel premiere number 15, created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Uh, the awesome Gil Kane. Uh, the show stars Finn Jones from, uh, he's from Game of Thrones, correct, guys? Yeah. As Danny Rand, you got Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing, uh, Jessica Stroop, David Wenham playing Harold Meacham. Uh, Jessica Henwick from Game of Thrones and was in Star Wars. Oh, Jessica Henwick was in Star Wars? Well, I didn't know that. 
Tom Palfrey as Ward Meacham, uh, Rosaria Dawson playing Claire Temple, and a couple other dudes. Uh, we'll mention them when we Don't get to there. About, uh, what's Carrie Ann Moss? Carrie Ann Moss makes an appearance as Jerry Hogarth. And whoever that actress is playing, Madam Gao. Madam Gao, her name is, oh, you got Sasha Dewan as Davos. And uh, where the hell's Gao? She's great. Uh, and her name is Wai Ching Ho. Okay. Oh. Uh, giving us a, a, an Asian baddie. Like, Watching Ho. Okay. Cool. Watching Ho. Wai Ching Ho. Uh, the, on Rotten Tomatoes, guys, this thing has a 17% uh, Whoa. squiff. Yeah, a little bit. Little bit. Uh, however, the first episode was the most binged drama premiere uh, that any show on Netflix has gotten. Uh, yeah, it, for this year for Netflix drama, fifty four point seven percent of Iron Fist streams on the premiere date were of episodes three or higher. The average hour long show on Netflix has a binge score of forty six point nine. So. Despite all the the critics and everything, people uh, were excited when this came out. Uh, And even like I said, like my wife, I started watching with her. She doesn't watch these things. She kind of got sucked in uh, while we started watching it. So I thought that was interesting. Let's do like opening thoughts. Yeah. Who? Well, Anthony, here's the thing. I spent all day trying to remember what the fuck happened on the show because I watched it when it first came out almost yeah, a month e- ago. Oh, Before shit. even opening thoughts, I, I remember we've done this with the Netflix shows prior is how long did it take each of us to watch? So let's start with that. How long did it take you, Imran? Oh, God. Uh, this took me longer than the other ones. I, I will say, I think I'm going to say it took me like four to five days. All right. Um, I was kind of doing one or two at a time. What about you, Rugs? Um, I I tried to watch it fast because yeah. Imran always watches it so fast. So I tried to keep up with him. So okay. I think it took me like a week. You were beating right. me at, at uh, watching yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'll and I didn't start for like two weeks. I think I don't even remember now how long this has been since it came out. But it took me about a little over a week too. I was probably doing an episode or two a night. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I mean, I definitely opening. wasn't as compelled. Uh, I mean, I kind of was. Opening thoughts of the fourth uh, hero. You start, Imran. Guy who will complete the Defenders. Okay, I'll go first. From what I can remember, uh, I, whew, this is clearly, it's it's the weakest one of all the Netflix series. Let's just start out by saying that. It doesn't, it has good points. I liked a lot of the themes uh, that they barely kind of started throwing in there. Uh, as far as, you know, every other, like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, they kind of had this slump in the middle. Like if you were to draw the excitement on a curve, it would start and then it would kind of dip in the middle and then kind of rise in the end. This one to me had a reverse bell curve. Like it was so slow in the beginning, uh, but it, I felt like it was ramping up towards the middle toward about episode eight, nine, and then... To me, it just went back down in terms of content and writing and things kind of making sense. Like, to me, this thing kind of peaked in the middle in terms of momentum and, and keeping me, uh, keeping it, keeping me interested. Uh, I think the, the supporting cast was great. <laughs> the main guy, not so much. And, uh, I, I'm glad we got through this on the road to defenders because you kind of had to watch the others. Uh, to 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 pick up the pieces here, but ultimately, wow! 
I was really su- surprised and a little disappointed at uh, the, the first season of Iron Fist here. Yeah, no way makes Iron Fist cool. It's like... Um, <laughs> it failed at that, yes. Iron Fist should be the coolest motherfucker like, doing kung fu ever. And that's not what the series was. And that's the unfortunate thing because as much as the writing is terrible and the guy who's acting as Danny Rand can act like bitchy and the way he's written is bitchy, you would have forgiven all of that if they had, like, the fight scenes, like, on the quality level of Into the Badlands. Correct. Where they fucking they fucking have their shit together on that show. And that's surprising that the martial arts on Into the Badlands on AMC is way better than anything in this Holy show. shit. That shouldn't be like that. Yeah. So th- that's basically what I came away with it. I was like, I didn't really care. Like, because, you know, after watching Luke Cage, and that was the slowest shit uh, thing that went on as well. That was, like, very slow moving. So I was already prepared for the, like, you know, the slowness and the burn and whatever. Um, it was just this, this, the disappointment in um, the character, the actor, and the fighting that just kind of, like, made me, like, not want to watch the show as much. I was like, this is not what I expected. I wanted more. And and so I was just, like, pl- just trudging through the shows, hoping that, you know, maybe it would get better. Right, right. So, but instead, I found myself saying over and over again, that don't make no sense. Wait, what? That don't make no sense. And I was like, okay, whatever. Clearly, they don't know either. Anthony, you saw this the most recently. It's most freshest in your mind. What are your overall opening thoughts there? So I'll do the opening thoughts, and then I'll, I'll end it with something that needs to be discussed. Okay. As our first kind of topic. Alrighty. Show. So inevitably, I, you know, I waited two weeks. So I saw all the reviews. I kind of heard what you guys were thinking. I heard what other people that I, I respect the opinions of were thinking. So even though I like to think I can make my own decisions and sometimes I can, and sometimes I can't, I'd like to think I could do, I could come in with an unbiased opinion, but it obviously will affect me. Yeah. You know, I, I had a negative kind of feel coming into this show. That being said, every episode, I never was like hate watching the show. I never felt like it was like a chore for me to watch. Like legitimately at the end of each episode, if it wasn't too late, I would have wanted to watch another episode. So it had that going for it. There was a pl- in there a plot that kept me intrigued. It had good cliffhanger season. endings too. I did. I did like that because it was that uh, you yeah, want that. I, button I don't even know. I don't even know if it was the cliffhanger endings or like the completest in me yeah. to finish everything. But I enjoyed that. Some of the supporting characters I kind of liked. I liked Colleen Wing. I liked Ward Meacham. Um, I liked the Madame Gao, Davos. Like some of the characters I really liked. The problem for me with this show, and, and despite the, the the whitewashing and all that controversy, is I think the fact that Finn Jones <laughs> just wasn't good. And and it's not only Finn Jones as an actor. It's Finn Jones. It's Finn Jones as an actor. It's the writing of his character, yeah, and it's the fight scenes involving Finn Jones. All three of those things were supremely mishandled and kind of felt low budget in terms of fight scenes. And I think that's what I want to get into is I feel like this guy, Finn Jones, as Danny Rand, fucked up, fucked up the show. It, it, the, the the not only him, but the like I said, the writing, mm-hmm. the way they wrote his, the guy is a fucking dweeb. Like he comes off as just a like this is supposed to be a living weapon, like the baddest man on the planet, basically a human living weapon, and the guy's built like a fucking wet noodle. Like I don't understand 
why that guy didn't get in the gym. Like, I, I know that you don't have to be like this supremely buff guy, but like if you, I, I threw on Charlie Cox as Daredevil yeah. and I'm like, Charlie Cox, you just did this with Charlie Cox and look how great he looks. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, and I know that like with the fight scenes, you have the advantage with Charlie Cox of just putting another guy in a mask. And it's a lot harder to find a guy that looks like Finn Jones. So I understand that, but there's no physical presence to Finn Jones whatsoever. Yeah. He's doughy. I, he's I agree not with cut. that 100%. Yeah, he's so skinny uh, that you, you, it just, it bothered me. Now, okay. Like, like yeah. when he takes off his shirt. Yeah. It looks it's like his, and I don't, and I don't have a huge waist, yes. but his waist looks like it's a 26 around. <laughs> it's so. And, and when he's going sleeveless yeah. in that Rizza directed episode, yeah. I am like, Golly, that looks like noodles. Like, what is going on? I just need to do a little bit of weightlifting. Like, you could have got a little more tone for this. Now, okay, so there's so many, so many, uh, but there's so many aspects to this and not just his physical. Yeah, so let's start. Let's start first. You need a star to to concentrate on. Like, you don't have a guy that has star power that you feel like, you know, that you're into. Like, the whole thing falls apart. So, my point is that Marvel is usually they're dead on with their casting. They really haven't screwed up a casting yet. So, whether Finn Jones is a good enough actor uh, to do this, we we don't know because of what he was given. Now, it, uh, mm, see, I would disagree. Well, look, here's I don't th- I think a better actor could have pulled off what he was given. But what if a better actor? What if you're not given a lot of time? Because it what it sounds like is a lot of this. I'm, I'm not. Rushed. I'm not talking about fight scenes. I'm talking about. I'm talking about acting. There's there's a way to come off like you're like funny and like fish out of water, and yeah. there's a way to come off where you're just a brat and kind of a dweeb, and he comes off as a liar. Well, that's partly writing too, because how many times can you have him say, "I'm the Iron Fist"? <laughs> I'm the Iron. He says Fist. it a lot. Like he says it a lot. It's annoying. I think right. a lot. Like, I think a lot of that is is the writing, and he may have done the best. Like, do you feel like we've talked about? I've heard from a lot of people now. They're like, that in defense of how he acted is that when he was abandoned at ten. In Kunlun, he was emotionally stunted, and he plays Danny Rand like an angry teen, like an emotional, irrational, angry teen, which is kind of annoying and and uh, and frustrating. But if you think about it that way, like that's kind of an interesting choice. But maybe he doesn't pull it off completely. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, he might be ten years old in his soul or whatever, but like he's just been in, in the place where he has to be so disciplined. And focus all of his chi and everything. So now for him to get rattled by just stupid shit, like like a little kid, it doesn't make sense. Regarding the physicality of the fight scenes in an interview with Metro, Finn Jones revealed, when I first moved over to New York before I started actually filming, I had three weeks of very intense martial arts and weight training preparation. But then unfortunately, once the show started, the filming schedule was just so tight. I was working 14 hours every day, six days a week, days into nights, nights into days. And actually my schedule didn't allow me to continue the training as much as I really hoped. He goes on to explain that he'd be in the gym on days off and he was learning the fight scenes 15 minutes before we actually shot them. So, and I feel like they just, they were, they didn't give enough rehearsal time or training time. And the back half just feels rushed in terms of writing and the show in general. It's Marvel's fuck up. They, or they, they shouldn't have hired him. That, that's that. And it's also Marvel's, I think that speaks to just how like much of an afterthought this show kind of was. Yes, Marvel. Yes. It seems yes. like this show and I, I'm stealing this, but it's from, uh, Batman on Batman, I think, uh, what's his name? Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin. Yeah. 
compares this to the the fourth movie of the Planet of the Apes, where they just went straight low budget. <laughs> oh, where there's like three planet. There's three apes in the whole entire Planet of the yep. Apes movie, and that that's what this feels like. Is they just rushed this because they didn't they wanted to get this out because they needed to make Defenders, and yeah, and and what the fight scenes got like a little better throughout, and there were some that were okay, but like when that first fight fight scene hits. Where he's in in the hotel and he like takes out the three or four security guards, I literally is like I cannot believe that this made it on air, like it it was that like it was in such slow motion yeah. and edited so poorly that I was like I can't believe like I can't believe this I can't believe I know that they're trying to go for that like he's this Zen guy that like can just move out of the way and does it all so smoothly but. It did not come off like that at all. And right away, like if that's the first fight scene, that set the entire tone for the series. Now you have to be able to sell it. You have to sell it. I agree. And he did not sell it. It was. It's crazy that um, what they did in the in, in the show is that as the season goes on, they just lean on that stunt guy and they put him in the dark all the time. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, this is how you know the the fight scenes are shitty. Is when it's always raining and it's shot from far away and it's dark. And he's got that hood on. And he's got the hood on. And did you also see the, uh, uh, when also how you know what fight scene is bad is when there's fucking a thousand cuts in a 30 second sequence. I have a link. I'll put it in the show notes. There was 56. 56 cuts in this 35 second sequence. It's the fight scene where he goes to get his uh, x-rays in that room. And that dude is there and he's trying to burn the, the, all the, the, the paperwork in the hospital. That 35-second fight scene, like, if you watch it, I'm surprised. Like, it gave me a headache. It was cutting so much that it was just hilarious. Well, it's a failure on a couple. It's a failure on the production staff. It's a failure on on the stunt coordinator, Finn Jones, for sure. But it's also fair. I've seen uh, videos online where they re-edit some of these fights. Yes. And they look a lot better. The, the editing is terrible. Yeah. I also have a, a yeah. lot of these. A, a lot of these have such, like, great editing can fix a shitty fight, like a, a shitty fight scene. Absolutely. Stunt, study, cho- yeah. stunt chore- choreography. They had literally none of it. None of it going <laughs> oh. for at least like at least the first few fights. I think they kind of got it a little better towards the end, but it wasn't like, I remember asking Ruggs, like, what did this show need to be? And Ruggs, like right away, it's like, this needs to be like the fight choreography show. Yep. Like, this is, this is the Kung Fu show. It should be that. That's what we need to see. And, we were severely disappointed and that that's a thing like if finn jones if he acted like this the entire time but the fight scenes were amazing yes. i think a lot of us would have forgiven it absolutely if there was badass fight scenes like i have another link i'll put in the show notes one of my favorite fight scenes was the drunken kung fu master fight scene was so much fun that was really awesome but this dude like re-edited the scene and he does kind of improve it through just simple editing but that was one of the highlights was uh the dr- the drunken Kung that Fu guy fighting. was in the running to actually play Iron Fist. Yep. I think he would have made an interesting Iron Fist. Uh, he's definitely a better fucking that, martial that arts guy, dude. That guy, so Joe from work, yeah. was like, there's one fight scene in this show that's the best one of the entire show. I'm like, okay, which one's it going to be? And then I saw that, and I literally was like, that's it. That's got to be the best that's one. The one. That, guy, that guy in, what, maybe five minutes yeah. of camera time yeah. stole the show. He stole the show. I think Colleen Wing stole the show. Her her fight Colleen was solid, badass. but I'm saying I'm saying like his charisma yep, on yep, screen yep, was yep. like he you're like I want to watch that guy fight. Yes. I don't want to watch Danny Rand, <laughs> Mister. It is my destiny to destroy the hand. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, look, Mark Bernardin also on Fat Man on Batman. He put it well. He's like you gotta uh, you have to 
look at this in three as three parts: story, performance, martial arts, and he's like they failed on all three of these aspects in the show. Like you need one of those things to be good to save it, and ne- all they were all half-assed. Uh, any other highlights in terms of uh, what what you guys liked? Any other fight scenes? Well, I like the whole the whole uh, thing with Colleen Wing and her fighting in the cage against the two guys. I liked, uh, you know, Danny Rand going to the hand and then, you know, doing like that little video game part where he beats all the, the boss. The tournament, yeah, and you see uh, some comic book characters in but there. But then everything after that kind of sucks. And um, so, I mean, that's, and then you have that, that the worst, <laughs> that whole drunken thing. I couldn't even watch it because the whole drunken magic thing, because I'm like, are they really just using like a, a empty lot as... <laughs> Is whatever they were supposed to go. Where were they By the way, to? wasn't that they were in China? Yeah, China? they go to China and it looks like fucking Queens. Oh, I'm like, shit. you're not in like, fucking China, dude. You gotta be kidding me. You guys are up in Queens, so you're in the Bronx. I just couldn't concentrate. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? Yeah, where is this? Oh my god. So, and the worst yeah. fake snow I've ever seen on television. Wait, that wait, 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 wait. Sorry. This is before we, let, we can we can devolve and there's a lot positives, to complain about. Positives. positives. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. So like the fight scenes, some of those things were cool, um, but other than that, yeah, the uh, you know, it, it was a uh, Claire Temple was great. Claire Temple was really good. I I I, I like seeing her training and getting a little Wolverine claws. She is like her acting ability is just like above everybody in this show, and it's so obvious, like that she's just so good. I I can. I can name a couple things I like. Okay. I'll agree with you. I know you, Imran, were hyping it, and I agree. Ward Meacham's like evolution. His story arc is great. His story arc was good. I really like. He didn't that. know what was where he was gonna go. No, and that's that's a that's clear like character changes because of situation. Like that's storytelling. Yeah, yeah. Good character um, development. Yeah. Colleen Wing, I thought was very solid. She fights better than fucking Dan. Absolutely. Rand, um, which I'll have more to say on. I, I liked Rosario Dawson. I didn't think she was as needed in this show. I felt like she was just in it. But yeah. uh, we'll get in the we can get into stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the the drunken guy was funny. I thought the plot was okay. That's uh, that's what kind of kept me in the show was figuring out what was going to happen. Madame Gao was legit awesome. Yeah, I thought she her screen presence. Whoever Ho Chi Wing or whatever. Why Ching Ho Ho Chi Wing? Get it all backwards. Why Ching Ho? Why Ching Ho? Why not? She was good. She was very good on screen. Um, and then. Uh, Davos was solid. I love Davos. I, I, yeah. I like Davos. Yeah, fun. And as far as fight scenes, the 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 RZA directed episode was okay. Yeah. Like the the the, the bosses. The tournament. Um, yeah. Yeah. The the drunken fight was good, and then uh, the Kotlin fight with uh, Bakudo, where she like kicks the sword into his knee. That's like, bad. That was that cool. badass. And I'll I'll throw in also B- Bakudo was a very solid like the way he was played was like very solid. I thought like his his uh, demeanor. Even though he like just good. comes out of nowhere. But yeah, what were you gonna say, Rugs? I think he was miscast. I mean, I like the actor; he did a good job. Ramon like, Rodriguez. Yeah, but like, I mean, Bakudo, let it let it be the guy. Take the guy that was in it for two seconds as a drunken master, like with a let name like a, a major right. part. You think with a name like Bakudo that he'd be a fucking Japanese guy? Yeah, I don't understand yeah. why his name is Bakudo. Well, I'll, I'll, I will say I, th- I made this comment to Imran in the in our in our where we work. I was like, I don't understand why this show has like all the most badass people in the world. Are like under five nine and like weigh one hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> like, look at like Bakudo, yeah. Danny Rand, yeah. fucking Davos. Yeah. 
They're all why, these why are they all these skinny dudes? Like I understand. Like I, I, I get that skinny dudes can fight, but like, why are they all like this? This doesn't believe. I'm not believing wanted, that these you, are the baddest men on the planet. You want one of them to be at least kind of a. And Madame Gao is like one of the <laughs> strongest people. And she's like 85 years old. <laughs> she got to use her powers a little bit. Uh, I thought <laughs> she could use them more, but yeah, you're like there. You need it's a guy with stature in this. I like the. I I liked a lot of the themes, like. When Danny Rand's trying to figure out, am I Danny Rand? Am I the Iron Fist? Can I be both things? Uh, I mean, mm. I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, the the Meacham's relationship with their father. And I just felt for fucking Ward the whole time because his dad is such a fucking psycho dick. Uh, you you start from hating this character to like kind of rooting for him and getting on his side. And, and for for a, a show to do that, I think that's a, that's a win for the guy and the character. It's just so weird that like Ward had like a drug problem and then like then he didn't have a drug problem and it just was crazy. It's just a weird it's just a weird show. I love I, I like I'll throw in that yeah. the show being connected to Marvel just in general like kind of elevates it just a little cuz you're like, "Oh, this is playing in the same sandbox as Defenders." So that makes it a little more fun. I be, I appreciate all the easter eggs and the references to Karen Page and uh uh Jessica Jones and Daredevil Luke Cage like all of them were mentioned in some fashion uh davos making those aluminum foil stars kind of made me laugh but that was pretty badass i'm like really okay aluminum foil but what do I, I like the footage from the 40s where you saw that dude with the iron fist costume but he had two iron fists yeah i was like was get cool. that guy in the show where the fuck is this guy his feet should be iron too he yeah all four <laughs> i got iron fists and iron feet Every every time someone brings up a point, even myself, yeah. I like I have like a rebuttal of like a complaint that guy. <laughs> so I have like so many things I want to like vent on. I also I liked I I was with Davos uh, in the sense that I liked that he was pissed because he was supposed to be the Iron Fist and this fucking white guy gets it and then leaves Kunlun. And uh, the whole time I'm like Davos is right. Danny Rand yeah. is a bad Iron Fist. Davos was written well, like. The the t- the best villains are the villains that you can kind of be like, I could justify like you could justify why he thinks he's right. Right, and Davos right? is definitely you along see that his path. Point. He's along the like the Loki path where it's like spurned brother that like real thinks that this should have been his destiny. Yeah, like Loki's on that path. Like uh, what's his face from Doctor Strange? Oh yeah, uh, Mordo. Mordo's yeah, on yep, that same yep. path. It's like that's that's always gonna work. It's always very compelling. I like that it started with an outcast song and like nineties hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> but then the music was also weird, but we'll get into that when we get to nitpicks. Uh anything else? Rugs. Any other highlights? Highlights? I can't think of I'm trying to think I mean, of what else I liked. The only thing that I really liked about the show, as I as I said, is Colleen Wing. Yeah. And uh that's basically it. And uh some of the some of the fight scenes were uh at towards the end when he explodes the building. You know, with this iron fist, <laughs> you know, and some of that uh, when Bakudo, that Bakudo oh, yeah, fight cool. scene with Colleen, that was cool in the rain, you know. So, like, there's some things that are okay, but um, overall, you know, there's not much to say. But anything, I'm like you too. Like all these th- these highlights, I'm thinking of ne- negative things about them now. Because <laughs> oh man, I don't. I should we just get to the nitpicky? Yeah, wh- I mean, where do you want to start? <laughs> oh boy, do you want do you want to sprinkle? Yeah. In? Well, we, we sp- we've talked about Danny Rand. Uh, another uh, thing that I really uh, was sh- kind of like, this kind of sucks, is the Marvel shows up to this point, Luke Cage kind of like went off the cliff a little bit, but they've always had like a strong villain. Yeah. 
And like this one just could not fucking decide who they wanted their villain to be. Like it was Madame Gao, then it was Bakudo, and then it was Harold Meacham. Yeah. Maybe it was all three. Yeah. Like it never had that villain that you could be like, okay, I'm really like Madame Gao probably was the best, but it's really hard to hate an old lady. I know. I mean, I thought Harold. <laughs> it's really hard yeah. to be like, I want Danny Rand to kick her ass. I want her to stab her in the heart. <laughs> well, it was confusing too because they're like, they're like, uh, I'm the hand. No, I'm the yes. hand. We're the good yes. hand. You're the bad hand. Oh right. my God. The end of it. So my main complaint is like, what was the show about? Like all, even in, if, even if you look at the opening credits, which I like the opening credits stylistically, oh, the opening credits are really good. The black goo, but thematically think about daredevil is showing you the blood dripping into the streets of hell's kitchen and crime. You have Jessica Jones where she's walking down New York and her, her demons and her past uh, are, are, are messing with her. You got Luke cage where it's him, but then you got Harlem and the city over. And so you have all these thieves. What do you got? Iron fist. You got a guy doing Kung Fu. Uh, and we barely even get that in the show. Like there was, what was this show about? It didn't seem to know what exactly it wanted to be about. Cause it starts with him. He wants his company that he doesn't want the company that he doesn't want to be the iron fist that he wants to be the iron fist. Like, why did he leave at the end? If he wanted to come back and take over the company again? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. And the second half. So when Harold Meacham, when he comes back to life, that to me, that point on the rest, the show just goes downhill. The, the writing's like really muddy and it, a lot of things don't make sense. And, and Colleen Wing being the good hand and the bad hand, it's, I, I don't know. It was a mess. It was a mess. See, what I would have liked to see is, okay, Danny Rand comes to New York. You know, he, he, he shirks his responsibilities as the, the guardian of Kunlun. And he comes to New York to find out who he is. And maybe he spends a couple of days there and figures it out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, has a couple of run-ins with some hand or whatever. And then Davo shows up and says, hey, we need you to come back to Kunlun. And then you go to Kunlun for a while and you change the whole scenery. That, yeah, You're not just yeah. doing like they never show Kunlun at all. Yeah. And maybe they're saving it. But like, where is all that? That's what the whole thing about like. Iron Fist is. It's like, it's like you want to see like how he got these powers, uh, the dragon, yes. and all that shit. All we saw was like him getting beaten by sticks a little bit. But that was another thing. I was waiting. I was waiting for them to show me the training in Kudlun. Show me Kudlun. Clearly, it's a budgetary thing because the snow looked like shit, and even the, needed, the cave walls look like shit. You needed. You definitely needed more Kudlun. Like you needed a lot more Kudlun because. You never are able to relate to what Danny is talking or about. What he went you never through. see yeah. it or yeah. what he went through because yeah. you never see it. And you're only told it over and over and over again by Danny. And Danny looks like a fucking dweeb. So you're like, <laughs> ah, I don't know what the fuck. Like you needed a You needed every episode of the of uh, or every part of these Netflix shows. They've always had like a flashback episode. Yeah. Like Daredevil had it. Uh, Luke Cage had it where he looks ridiculous in the suit Jessica Jones I even think had it you never got that with this no. show and you never were like understanding what Kunlun what even was so then like spoiler alert but like by the end when he climbs up and it ends and you're and he's like looking out and he's like Kunlun's gone <laughs> I didn't even realize no. 
what I was looking no, at because I'd never even seen Kunlun. Like, so I didn't yes. I didn't know that anything was missing. Absolutely. I thought he was just looking off the top of a mountain. I've I I've full agreement because I was like, what are you looking at? I'm like, of course it's gone. They don't have fucking money to put it in. Otherwise we would have seen it. All we got was glowy eyes of a dragon. We got the it was that to me is screams that like this show they didn't like they spent all their yeah, money on everything. They didn't else. budget for it. They did not budget for this. You're absolutely right. We, that see that stuff and the terrible like First off, I don't even know why they needed to write in that she went to China, Madame Gao, if they didn't have the budget to do an establishing shot of like Hong Kong. Well, like, yeah. why, if 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 it's gonna be that bad, just write something else where she doesn't have to go to China instead of like filming on the docks in where is it Queens? No, they. But I think they needed all of them to be on a plane so that he could fucking freak out and they could get if, down. If to I the thing. see his his mom. Get sucked out of a plane one well, more time. Was, I might shoot. That myself. was the flashback. They kept. That was what they kept showing you was the whole plane crash and the same shit over and over again. And then, at, and you know, at one point it hampers his chi and he can't like fucking charge up or whatever. I hate that too. I hated that whole the chi impotence. Like I didn't like. That. I was like, why? Oh, the, the, oh, the, the his chi yeah. is like libido. Yeah, yeah, chi. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, why? How does this work? Why? How do you charge oh, up? I thought he showed you. Excuse how to me. Charge up. Where's Danny? Oh, oh, he's upstairs recharging. He's his charging chi. his chi. Uh, are you like? Like what? Here's the thing. Like you never hear. No, here's the here's the thing. The show is called fucking Iron yes. Fist, and I know like every sh- every Netflix show is like that slow build. So we we're, you know what you're getting into, but like you never ever see him ever do anything cool as the Iron Fist. The only thing you got was him punching the the ground, the ground, which was cool. I, that was the coolest I, thing. I, I, but you never like you don't even understand like what the Iron Fist is. It's no, never really no, explained. No. It's never like. And then, like, what's the point of showing that flashback scene in the 40s where the, the guy has two iron fists yeah. and he's knocking everybody out? Yeah. If you're not going to at least give that moment to yeah, Danny Rand. that's what I wanted to see. You get a huge cock tease. <laughs> that's what we wanted to see. Happens. Like, this show was so weird. Episode four had, like, uh, your hallway battle. But I was like, I didn't know it was happening. I was like, was that it? Was that the fucking hallway battle? It was so fucking lackluster. And even when he uses his iron fist at the end in the big, and it's not even in the last episode. It's in the second to last. Where he, I was like, ah, I guess that's cool. I wanted more, and it it just it felt tacked on like that. It didn't even impress me. And they never like, like there's no costume in this. There's no, he, and he said no. that they're he's not gonna have a costume for a but while. They should because they should rethink that right now. Yes. Because you put a mask on him, yes. then you got a stunt man that you don't have to hide. Yes. So let's get the fucking mask. Also, on already. also, if Bakudo is showing him how to like use his powers to heal Colleen, like. How shitty was his training? Like, he's a fucking shitty Iron Fist. He doesn't know half the shit he can do. Like, did you not fucking read the rest of the yeah, book? How, how, did he, how does he get to be the Iron Fist? He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't know how to do, do any of these. He doesn't know how to do any of these things. Well, the worst thing, too, about how he's, like, written is, like, I'm pretty sure I'm, I can assume that you guys both knew that Harold Meacham was a bad guy. Like, everyone knows it. Yeah. Like, every character, even Joy, when she first meets him, is always giving these weird looks like, what the fuck is up with you, Dad? Yeah. Like, Everyone knows that he's a terrible person. Danny Rand, who's the main character who we're supposed to rally behind and really like, is such a fucking dweeb and is written so stupidly that he doesn't realize until the last goddamn episode that Harold Meacham's a bad guy. But he would kind of be trusting. He doesn't know, and he's fucking stunted uh, emotionally. Why are you defending that? That is the main character of a show in 13 episodes that doesn't realize what the audience knows the entire time that Harold Meacham sucks. But that, what's worse is they did that for like the first five, six episodes – 
You're waiting for them to find out what the audience already knows. And it's so, it's dragged out. It's so annoying. And it's so slow. They did that a lot in this show. And they just got really fucking annoying. They touched on, like, in the first, like, two or three, when he's in the psych ward. Yes. And they, like, he, like, has the, um, the passport that says, like, John John Anderson. Anderson, Yeah. Yeah. They kind of touched on, like, this, like, well, it could be this, like, show where, is this real? Yes. Does he, yes is he really yes, the Iron Fist? Like yes. sort of like a Moon Knight vibe. Yep. But they quickly yeah, dropped. No, that. they they barely. I agree. Like there was like little bits of like glimmer of like, oh, this would be cool to explore, and then they just fucking like, is he actually insane right. or is he really the Iron Fist? A lot like Legion. Like, am I crazy? Am I schizophrenic or do I have powers? Like, what is this? Who am I? It, the, you were asking what the show was about, and it's literally like I was thinking about what this. is it about, and I was like, this is literally just. We're sitting on Danny Rand's shoulder, and he's just going through life. Just one thing after another. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's about Danny Rand getting laid for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> they could have played that. The about. They could have even played that up more. They they gonna have fun with that. They didn't do that. Well, okay, and then we're getting into the him getting laid, which is like Colleen Wing. Yeah, like even that. I didn't buy, like, I didn't buy that at all. Well, not. I mean, she's great. Yeah. She's she's really good. But what I'm getting at is Colleen Wing. Badass fighter, right? Yeah. Badass fighter. She, she, they, they portray her throughout the entire show that she can hang with him. She can take out the hand. She's willing to fight. Except, I think in like episode three or four, Colleen Wing and Danny Rand fight each other, and she doesn't land a single punch on him. <laughs> so they literally undercut her character immediately and go, "Yeah, she's great. Danny's just way better." <laughs> even th- even though even though like Nobody when they're. It. No one believes it because when they do these fight scenes, yeah. you're like, Colleen yeah. Wing, this actress moves so much more gracefully than Danny Rand ever moved than Finn Jones. So you're like, why would you undercut your the character that's like the second most toughest character on the show? She used to be in like the an English kind of Power Rangers show. Oh, really? Where she had to do Kung Fu or I some kind it. of karate. It was like a kid's show. So she's naturally better at this shit. Like she has experience with, you know, doing fake karate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she totally looked better, and it was weird when they're fighting each other, and you could see how bad Danny looks next to her. I know. It's just terrible. It's like when they're doing the forms and the kata or whatever, I'm like, like, is he leading her? Like, are we serious Well, that about was this? the hilarious part is, like, he comes in and starts telling her how to do her kung fu and shit. Like, why would she even like him? Ugh. Well, she's not even doing kung fu. She's doing karate because she's Japanese, right? Yeah, she's Japanese. That's like a minor nitpick of yeah. mine, but she's this. It's she's supposed to be Japanese, and they cast a Chinese actress. I'm like, oh, this is very typical of uh, <laughs> Mar Hollywood. Let's just chi- They're all the same, right? No one's gonna know. <laughs> that was another thing that kind of like ticked me off, or not, or like I was kind of confused. Is like I always thought the hand. I knew they were like kind of an international organization, but I thought they skewed Japanese. Oh yeah, and like, why are the Chinese, Gao is Chinese yeah, and yeah. like there's a lot of Chinese like stuff in this. I'm like. These different sectors of the hand, I guess it kind of makes sense, but I always thought the hand was ninjas, which is Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. It yeah. seems like the group of writers writing the show didn't really like talk to each other a little bit, and then just were given something and had to like throw something. Else I don't. In. I don't know if it was that they didn't talk to one another, or that I think that they just had to write this like really quick, like, three days. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I felt like this like show was just so rushed in every aspect. The end of it, the end of it really feels rushed to me. Like it was, it just, there was, I mean, I, on the, on the one hand, I appreciated a lot of the twists and turns like with Harold and, uh, 
the revelation about the hand, but like it just seemed so like I didn't know what was what, what it was about. What was the point of all this? Danny never has a plan for anything. That was the other thing. Danny never had any kind of plan. He's like, Do you have a plan? You're like, no. He's like, we're just gonna go. Yeah. What are you he, doing? He, they continually wrote him to like just rush into things with no plan. Do you let me ask you this? Harold, when Harold came back after the hand they they initially he died of cancer, but they brought him back and then you know, Ward stabs him violently and he comes out of the water and now he realizes like he's immoral. Uh, do you think that's going to happen to Electra after they bring her back that she will have like some more superpowers? Is this a hand thing? I think so. I think, I think it's part of the, I think that's how they're going to make Electra kind of be an evil person in, in the defenders is there is this like bloodlust that you gain. I kind of, and I kind of like that. Like Harold was so, so unstable. He's like, he would be nice to the guy one second. And then the second second, he's just stabbing you in the head with an ice, with an ice pick, with an ice cream scoop. And then joy is there. And I'm like, Ward is trying to get her out of there. Cause he's a fucking psychopath. A lot of that tension I like, but ultimately in the last episode, that fucking fight scene between Danny and Harold, like this is a Kung Fu show. And this is the last fight scene. I get this awkward fucking fight scene on the roof where there's no Kung Fu and he's using pipes. Like this is the last fight scene of the, of the series. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Deplorable. It should have been, it should have been like a, it should have been what we saw in episode 11. just like kind of ramped up where it should have been like, you should have had, Colleen Wing fighting Bakudo, but then in also simultaneously have Davos and Danny Rand fighting. Oh, that would have been great. You could have done this whole thing like, in like eight anyone to ten episodes w- also. Anyone with a brain is like, okay, Danny Rand, like if you're taking the facts as they are presented in the show, yeah. Danny Rand is supposed to be the baddest person on the planet, yeah. right? Yep. Even though none of no one of us believe it, and in the last episode he's going to fight a guy like a forty-five-year-old dude, a, a guy who, like that's yeah. been training yeah. like by himself and just punching heavy bags. Yeah. Like no way, no way, this is a fight. And he that uses his see. iron fist to block a bullet. It's so lame. Like what lame uses of his fucking power? What are you doing? I wish Davos used those aluminum foil stars again. Where do those go? Those would have been handy. That like made me laugh out loud when he did that. I was like, okay, Silly. okay. Right. Well, Davos like his like fish out of water stuff, yeah. ten times better than Danny yes. Rand like acting like this spoiled brat. That's like, but I'm Danny Rand. Don't you believe <laughs> me? Rand. I'm Danny Rand. So then, why at the end would Joy want to kill Danny Rand with Davos? So, so fuck. Does that make any sense? No. no. And why does if he just got his company back? Why does he go to Cumlin at the end? Uh, and this 15 year window, how long is this window open? Like this is a pretty big window. Cause he got through Davos got through. Apparently it's still open. The fucking window. He's trying to go back. Like, uh, what, how does this work? How does any of this work? I don't think anybody knew. No one gives a no. fuck about Kun Lun because no one's seen anything on Kun Lun. Ah, uh, yeah. You're, you're talking about this like alternate like universe. Like you could have like explored. Like, that would have been great. Dr. Strange has yes. like all these alternate, like you could have like referenced some of this stuff. But instead you're just like, yeah, it's like a styrofoam snow mountain in wherever <laughs> totally styrofoam. In the Himalayas, and then in this cave, it looks like a cave that like you could stumble upon in like I don't know Mexico, like and they're just seeing red eyes, like what? What? Like I thought this cave, like I thought this layer wherever this dragon would yeah. be would be like a lot more epic. Yeah, that's. I a- think also I think also that like that the fact that both well, forgot his how to say his name Baracko, uh, Bakudo, Bakudo, Bakudo. All right. Barack Obama? Baracko. Baracko. Barracudo. Yeah. Brocudo. Um, yeah. Him and Davos are both guys that know 
about shit uh, about Kun Lung that like even Danny doesn't know. Yeah, they're more <laughs> well versed in Iron Fist shit, and yeah. uh, I think Davos would have been a cool final bad guy. Well, like, he's gonna like, be. They're setting him up probably for the be. He's supposed to be the Steel Serpent. Yeah. And I think he's son of that guy, the the Thunderer that Danny kept seeing, which that wasn't clear either. Like, was he remembering? Yeah. Was he actually projecting himself there? Was this a hallucination? Are you talking about Lei Kung? Yeah, Lei Kung the Thunderer. That, that's his, like, mentor. Yeah, in, yeah. In and, uh, but, like, I, I, I saw a lot of people were confused, like, who's this guy? The only reason I knew his name is because I had the captions on and it said Thunderer. I was like, oh, that's the guy. That's the Thunderer. <laughs> the music I thought, you know what's funny about these Netflix shows is after like Stranger Things and a little bit Mr. Robot, you know how they have those, it has like 80s synth uh, vibe. Like every show has been trying to do that. And so this show had really weird like 80s synth score music that I, I didn't think well, it fit at all. Kind of like, that, that's like a, a callback to uh, Enter the Dragon. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like, but it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. whatever, but it was just like kind of like uh, the 80s synthy stuff they were trying to shoehorn. It, it just didn't sound right. It didn't work really. <laughs> it didn't really work. It wasn't terrible, but I mean, there's too many things. The show's so bad, now you want to like, look at everything that sucks. It's like, there's... <laughs> I mean, whatever. I, there's also like this weird like vibe with these Netflix shows where they have to make everything dark, and I don't think that Danny Rand necessarily needed to be that dark. But they were making him like, and the way they decided to make him dark was he was like, "I'm gonna throw a tantrum all angsty. right now." Yeah, yeah. yeah, like why does he have to be angsty? Like, couldn't he just be this disciplined badass that comes back and is like, "Holy fuck, the hand is here." My, I know now what my purpose is it's to fight the hand all over the world not just in kunlun like couldn't he be been just this disciplined guy instead like they like made him like oh i have all these feelings that i've never ever <laughs> talked about to anybody like it's like what like no one wants to see this no one wants to see this pussy on screen you don't, you don't want to see boardroom scenes in your superhero drama there's a lot of boardroom scenes in the front half i want to see boardroom dream- scenes if they add up to something they, they, those boardroom scenes at the end of the day meant nothing no, where did that like the- it was all to, only to establish that danny sucks at business and he's a good guy yeah yeah i'm gonna sell him at cost it's just the whole like dragging out like the M and M's thing. So Joy believed that it was him, and then right, I want to then the whole drug thing. Like, what did that amount to? You could have got that shit done so much quicker. This whole series could have been done in like ten episodes, uh, easy. Someone suggested, I think it was on Collider, that if you start with like episode five, yeah, skip the first fucking five, skip the first four. That like the show is like so much better. I can see that. I can see that because it's not, you know, you can catch up very quickly. I think that the end is so bad, though. Yeah. 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 The end is bad. It's just like, it's a weird, stumbly end. I don't get it. Hopefully now they can correct his character in the Defenders and not make him such a fucking dweeb. And maybe he has a little more confidence and stature. Maybe he plays it completely different. I I heard, I read an article that I heard that he's going to, in the Defenders, he's kind of be kind of be kind of going to be the hothead. Oh, okay. So he's still and emotional. Cage, and Luke Cage is the guy that kind of calms him the, down. The center, the mellow guy. Yeah. Huh. Mm, I don't know. I just, I just think Defenders will probably be better just because it's not on the, the shoulders of Finn Jones. And, I, and I, I haven't seen him in Game of Thrones, so I, don't, I can't comment on his acting and other stuff. 
I just I thought he was really bad. Right? He plays a he plays a dude who's gay. Yeah, we th- we've there talked about that. So it's a completely different uh I thought I thought he was re- like I th- I know the script was bad, yeah. but I think a better actor could have made some of that a little better. There, uh, yeah. There's shitty yeah. there's shitty lines. Yeah. And I and I think you can deliver some shitty like just better actors could have handled that a lot. But like at one point he's like either that like when he's in China, quotes around China, he's like either that guy's going to talk, he's either going to talk or he's going to bleed. And I'm like, <laughs> what? So, uh, you know what? I didn't... <laughs> Rugs, I cut you off. You were yeah, going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you have a kind of a challenge here. Basically, you can get a guy who has the physicality to be, you know, a great guy to to watch do kung fu. Mm-hmm. A, a, a great stunt person. A great... Mm-hmm. You know, like, so if you... Like, let's say they got the guy who played the drunken master. He's probably really good, you know, and... He, would have made the fight scenes on a whole other level been more fun to watch. I don't know what his acting ability is, but to find a guy that can do Kung Fu really well and act really well is tough. That's hard. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like the guy who played Finn Jones, he just didn't, he didn't embody the character and they were kind of like, they would have had to hang the show completely on stunts and good fight scenes to get you through it. And um, because we already got like a shitty uh, Danny Rand, we already know what that's like. We don't know what a, a great uh, Iron Fist with great fight scenes looks like. We don't know what that is. Um, maybe that would have been a lot better. Maybe it would have been a little bit more favorable if we had that. That's all. I. That's all. A tough. lot of people wanted. It's tough to try and find an actor that can act and do kung fu and and work well like that. Um, it's it's not easy. They they needed to really find a way, and you said this earlier, Rugs, but I'll re- I'll reiterate. They really needed to find a way to put the mask on him. I I, like if, I they, if they could put that, the yeah. mask on yes. him and like make it not cheesy. Yeah, and they they were on the path with the color scheme and the the nineteen forties photo, like like the color scheme of the monks. But yeah. like, if you just put the mask on him, that those fight scenes could be. A and lot you would have yeah no I I was thinking about that too. Why so hesitant to. Like, I think they shouldn't worry about if it's going to look stupid. You can at least give us good martial arts. I don't get, like, too, like, Daredevil ran with yeah, And just immediately was like, okay, he's in the shitty black costume. That, like, looked terrible on photo, but actually worked on screen. And then the second season, they were like, we're putting the whole suit on him. And it's not, like, everyone's favorite version of the suit, but he is walking around in, in, like, a Halloween costume, and it works. Yeah, I don't understand why why they were so hesitant with this one. It's really going to hamper them. Uh, I liked, uh, you know, how Colleen took uh, the. She told them, "Call me daughter, daughter of the dragon." I would love to see uh, Colleen Wing Misty Knight show called Daughters of the Dragon, which is there's a comic book. Yeah, uh, of that. So it was a nod to the comics. L- let me ask you something yeah. though, because this is in a, not, in a reference to the comics. Yeah. Comics. Misty Knight eventually hooks up with Danny Rand. Yeah. Now, what we've seen of Misty Knight, <laughs> oh, she would chew him and up what and we've seen of out. Danny Rand, oh, you think they would ever hook up? Dude, she would fucking kick his unless, ass. Unless she makes him his her boy toy. Right. Like, are they ever going to hook up? There's no way he can handle this Misty Knight. Well, he's had a dick in his ass before. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, the Game of Thrones. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> he can pull it off. <laughs> A uh, couple other Easter eggs. We talked about Lei Kung, the Thunderer, uh, Danny's fake passport. We talked about the character John Anderson was actually from Spider-Man. He was introduced to the neighbor of Peter Parker during the mid-2000s. Uh, the, is that really the reference? I, well, I don't know if that's why they put it in there, but it's <laughs> okay. a common name. But there is a John Anderson 
in Spider-Man. Davos will be the steel serpent. He is the steel serpent in the comics. We have Daughters of the Dragon. Those stickers, remember when he brought his old desk and he looked underneath and there were stickers? Those are Jack Kirby monsters uh, from Strange Tales. Uh, they mentioned Karen Page. Uh, uh, in reference to uh, the when they got the story uh, to beat Karen Page to the front page, front page uh, in that tournament scene that we had uh, Bride of Nine Spiders and a villain known as Scythe were a couple of the comic book characters. We see the Dogs of Hell. They mention them, which they've been on Agents of Shield and Daredevil. Uh, the Jessica Jones mention was was cool. Joy hired. Uh, Jessica Jones at one point where she's like, she's a good investigator when she's sober. You're like, oh shit. Wait, wait one before you yeah. continue on the Easter eggs, we never talked. Do you guys, any of you guys, what'd you guys think of joy? She's like one of the only characters we haven't talked. Ugh, about. She was kind of annoying. I hate when the people keep things from other characters and then you have to play that like him and Danny were hiding the fact that her father was th- was still alive for so long. It was kind of annoying and she didn't figure it out. And then when she does figure it out, she's like, oh, okay, you're alive. Like, it's all cool. Uh, it, uh, uh, I don't know. Her character, I, I, I don't know what she was doing. I'm not sure. Yeah, she was written pretty unevenly. Yeah, I thought there was going to be like a romance, but then, then they killed it. With her and Danny, right? Because they were all friends. Yeah, I I mean, I, what I liked about Claire Temple is she was saying things that you, the viewer, wanted to say. Like, what the fuck is this? Why can't you do this? Like, that, and she's always that, the viewer's mouthpiece in, like, all these shows. See, the Claire Temple for me in this one actually didn't work so much. Like, I liked that she was, was a little shoehorned. She was a little shoehorned. Yeah, like... Why is she like all of a sudden trusted to go on these missions? Why did she go to him? China? And here was my thing. How the fuck is she fighting these fucking ninjas with them all of a sudden? Like she just started training and now she's grabbing the fucking claws and, and she's a badass fighter uh, uh, along with these martial arts masters, supposed. The the biggest issue I have is is Claire Temple. It's, it's cool that they have Rosario Dawson kind of connecting everything. She's the folk Holson. Yeah. But inevitably, like when you have her in this many shows and there's always these villains that they've got to take out. Like, I know Luke Cage is in jail. Yep. I know that Jessica Jones is kind of like her own little thing, and she doesn't really play well with others. But when she mentions that I know a guy that's fought the hand before, and she realizes that the hand is back, they never explain why she doesn't fucking just call Matt Murdock to help her out. That's another huge thing. That (laughs) You know what? I forgot about that, and you just, that got me enraged when I was watching. I was so pissed. You you gotta like throw in a line like maybe he's like you gotta be like oh Matt's in San Francisco yeah yeah lawyer work or like he's you you have to explain that otherwise if you're a fan of like the connected universe then this does not work I mean she says I know a guy who took on the hand and nobody goes hey maybe we should uh, ask that guy for advice can we call him is he can you get a hold of this guy the guy fucking beat the hand in what in Hell's Kitchen how far is that from where were they in Manhattan yeah is that like that far yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's the other thing I missed was kind of a sense of place of a setting. Like you didn't really have, it was just like midtown Manhattan, Scott generic, you know, downtown New York. It was, it was like corporate America. Yeah. It was like the bougie, nice part of town, upper West side America. Yeah. Plus how did nobody know Madam Giles working on the 13th floor of your building for all for 25 fucking years? Are you kidding me? Or yeah, 15? That was stupid too. Like nobody bothered to check the 13th did like, floor. Did you like the chicks with the, with the suitcases? 
Oh, when they were selling the drugs? What was I wasn't, that? I wasn't into that. I was into oh, that. What was going on there? I thought they were like medical reps, but I was like, oh, they're just fucking peddling legal heroin. They did look nice. Oh, you're going to love yeah. this. And then they're like bending over yeah. and shit. They're like, let me yeah. show you something. There is a Stan Lee cameo. I guess Stan Lee just makes cameos on posters now in these shows because it's just, it's real quick. He's a poster as a cop again oh. when uh, uh, she meets Jerry Hogarth, when Claire and Jerry meet up. Um, but, oh, and she also gets a letter from Luke Cage. She's reading a letter from Luke Cage at one point who is in prison, like you said. So I, I, I want to say too, like, I know we're hard on the fight scenes. I'm not expecting like raid level, which by the way, I rewatched some of the raid fight scenes and wow, they're really awesome. Yeah. I'm not expecting that, but you've literally done this with Daredevil. Yeah. So you've set the bar. What happened? I don't understand. <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> what happened? I mean, into the Badlands should not have better martial arts. Uh, just spend some time. Like clearly everything production was rushed. Everything just seemed rushed. It's, it's the only thing I could think of. They didn't have time, but what happened? But whatever, just make it up with a badass defenders and uh, some will be, most will be forgiven, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before I got some feedback from uh, to read about from our listeners, but let's rank this uh, up with Daredevil season one and two, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Now we have Iron Fist, uh, Rugs. Where... We need to even do this. We know it's at the bottom. We know it's at the bottom. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll all just. Shit. Yeah, it's good. It's like not. If you, yeah. if, you, if you say that it's not the bottom, then you're an asshole. I, and I didn't even think Luke Cage was that slow. And this makes Luke Cage seem like it was a speedy paced fucking show. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, at least Luke Cage had it like. like I think we all kind of agreed on Luke Cage that like it kind of went off the rails. Well, maybe not Imran. Imran was just so obsessed. With I, lo- I, he, I still like he, it. He couldn't like see that like the plot went off the rails after like the sixth or seventh episode. But this this show, oh my god! At least that it's was still about something overall. It was rich with culture. And yes, that's and what things. I really. Right. This show has nothing. Like it's so fucking bland. Like what's his name? Mark Bernard is like Daredevil is about like crime and justice and Catholic guilt. Like there's these big themes like Catholic guilt and like dealing with like dealing with corporate, you know, uh, people putting you down. And then like Jessica Jones is like PTSD and rape. And, and Luke Cage is about like black culture and like having power, but not being able to do anything with it. And like, again, like having straight awesome power, but it meaning nothing. And like, what is this show? Uh, What what were they going for? What is the big theme? Like, what is the really big overview? Identity of of self or some shit? I don't know. Finding yourself? Is that what this Uh, is about? Playing with yourself? It's more like. And if he found himself, then why is it he comes to the conclusion at the end of the show that he needs to go back to Columbus? It doesn't make any sense. You are a shitty Iron Fist, Danny Rand. That's it. Uh, And I hope they save his character and, 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 and give him more of a purpose in Defenders. But, man. Yeah, I guess we don't really have to rank. I got yeah. some email. I want to don't share. worry. I'm, I'm the one that suggested that. And then immediately yeah, like, when we were minute. talking about, I'm like, wait, why this are we ranking stupid. this? This is stupid. Let me share an email from uh, listener Ronald Hans, who's a Patreon supporter. This email is actually the very first thing he sent us. And I've been saving it this whole time for the show because he talks about Iron Fist. He says, hey, guys, Ronald Hans here, loyal listener and new Patreon. I wanted to start interacting with you guys and thought that this was the best time. I heard your initial reviews of Iron Fist this morning. I wanted to float mine to you as well. Like I do with all the Netflix Marvel shows, I powered through it and was done by Saturday afternoon. With that said, I thought that this was the weakest that the two have put out so far. 
I didn't read the comics for Iron Fist, so just at a TV show level, I thought it was a struggle to get through. At no point did I think that any one episode of Iron Fist was better than any episode of Marvel's Netflix that has come before it. I felt that the acting was weak, the story wasn't great, the martial arts, which should have been the best for any of these shows, wasn't better than anything that was in Daredevil. Daredevil. Just to make sure that I didn't have Daredevil up on some unjust pedestal, I went back and I watched a lot of DD Season 2, and nope, Daredevil was way better in all aspects. Luke Cage went downhill after episode seven, but at least I had something to fall from. For me, the story never really grabbed me. The only good thing, in my opinion, about the Iron Fist season is that it got us to Defenders. Uh, A little more, he's got spoiler thoughts. The other seasons of Netflix, Marvel, introduced good supporting characters like Luke Cage, Stick, Trish Walker, Elektra, Misty Knight, etc. I think Iron Fist tried to do that with Colleen Wing. But I don't think they gave her enough. Her fight scenes were okay, but nothing great. Outside of her cage brawls and kicking the broken sword into Bakudo's leg, nothing stood out. There's only really one scene that sticks out that was cool from an Iron Fist perspective, which didn't come until the last episode of the season when Danny Rand hit the floor in the office and blew everything up. Oh, I guess that was the last episode. I have so many more problems with this from Finn Jones' acting and seeming to be it's all my fault, which is actually the last line of the season. Woe is me, actor, to the story holes of now at the end of the season. Joy Meacham wants to try and kill Danny Rand. I will stop there for now, but I look forward to interacting with the show more and can't wait to hear the review of this in more depth. Thanks, Ron, for writing in. And he's written in again, and now he's on our Facebook group. And this was the very first thing. And yeah, largely uh, we agree with everything you've said. I guess that it was a rough I one. guess that was the last episode where he did the fucking fist to the floor. I thought it was. Ugh, it's still it was just the whole thing was anticlimactic. Uh, I have some more listener comments based on our last episode. Remember we talked about the season finale of The Walking Dead and I was like, "What the fuck was that gun Daryl was using? It was awesome." Well, listener Daryl who goes by at that guy Daryl on Twitter, he knows what gun it is. He he tweets Daryl was using a War Sports Industries LVOA-C with a modified short barrel. Oh, shit. This guy knows his gun. What the fuck is that? I don't know, but this guy knows... He knows his guns. Uh, It's a pretty serious gun. Uh, Thanks, Daryl, for telling us about Daryl. I just put this in the... Oh, yeah, that's it. This thing's badass. Uh, Other uh, feedback. Jimmy McPike uh, uh, tweets us to turn us on to a new show. He says, at Jock and Nerdcast, check out Winona Earp on Netflix. Horror Western with a female lead who plays a gunslinger that hunts the ghosts of the outlaws her ancestors have killed. Not a perfect show, but it's a lot of fun. I've heard good things about this show. Uh, Rugs, have you seen any Winona Earp? No, no interest. Uh, I didn't either, <laughs> but I people people were talking about this show. Uh, maybe uh, I might throw it on one day. Yeah, if I got time, which I never will. Uh, Adam Morris uh, comments on uh, Daredevil Season 3. He says, word is Daredevil Season 3 will adapt Born Again. So Kingpin and Nuke, but with Bullseye in there too. That's a rumor. Remember, we were like, Ooh, we, cool. we got to have Bullseye in Season 3. Uh, he says, it's a great story, but put Karen in Ben Urich's role instead of a heroin-addicted porn, though. Because in Born Again, it's a fucking awesome story where Kingpin decides to take down daredevil by taking down matt murdoch and destroying his life he gets karen addicted to heroin uh, and he just fucks with his personal life uh it's a fantastic story but i don't know if you want to do that to this karen page uh i like his his uh, suggestion here karen can be in the ben york role as the yeah. news reporter 
Um, and then remember last ep- at the end of the last episode, Matt Dollar cleared the air about how he doesn't actually hate science. Oh shit! Because I'm shitty at explaining things uh, to Adam Morris. Well, Adam heard that and he says, "Ha ha ha ha!" There was no beef anyway. But telephone game point taken. That was hilarious, boys. Enjoyed it. And then Delhauer had a Spider-Man science question to ask him. And uh, Adam says, I'll get back with a voice clip within a day or two. But hey, it'll just be more fake news, Anthony, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's all fake news. And then Lacey Johnson tweeted at us, ever considered going on a paranormal radio show or have you been on any cool shows? Oh, that's like a she's begging us to to. This this girl's in cahoots with uh that dude. Jeff Hillier from yeah. Dead X Radio. She's she's a listener of his one of his fans. We'd love to go on his show. We had him on. Uh but we've been on cool shows. I have all these links in the show notes. I'm on another show called Sketching Comedy, where we draw and we talk about cartoonists and comics while we're doodling, and then there's like a drawing at the end. It's a lot of fun. You can also find me on Trivia Geeks hosting or being team captain. This is all over at the Blazing Caribou Studios. Uh, network of podcasts. Uh, the three of us have been on Weeby Geeks, and then I go on there every so often uh, with the Michael and uh, Mighty Marvel Geeks uh, podcast. You can check out the Hollow Nine Network with uh, Dave Maresca, who we got to get Dave on the show. Dave, if you're listening, reach out. We want your rants on the show. He's cool. I've been on a couple of his shows. And then we've been on 365 Flicks podcast. We did a crossover, Bruce Wayne's World crossover, and I'm sure there will be more to come. So, yeah. We have been on cool shows, and uh, you forgot the video game show. How do I? Oh yeah, I did a couple of the weekly jump over at How Do I Jump, where you can hear me make up bullshit about video games, which I know nothing about, on a video game podcast. It's the most hilarious thing. I pressed the button and it went. How do I jump? I don't know. How do I jump? I don't know. Trivia Geeks is another podcast where if you listen, if you guys want to, if you have a podcast or you have a product and you got a good mic, you want to come on Trivia Geeks, sign up. I'll put a link to booking in the show notes. It's great exposure and it's a lot of fun. And you know, it's the show where the less you know, the better you're going to do. Oh, shit. You don't have to know shit to be on this trivia podcast. It's tons of fun. Rugboy's been on there. Matt Dullhauer has been on Trivia Geeks. uh, And it's a fun time. Yeah, and I know shit. No, you don't have to know shit, but you got the queef question right, and uh, yes, that was the only point. That's all that matters. That was the only point you got. <laughs> <laughs> Better than none. Well, all right. Well, I think that's all the show we got. Any final thoughts uh, about anything, fellas? No. <laughs> I'm still excited for Defenders, but this didn't help. Yeah, Defenders. It just didn't ramp up. No, my unfortunately not. It can't come soon enough. We've got a date, August eighth, uh, twenty seventeen. And so I'm thinking the Punisher may come out like November, December. Then they still haven't given us a date, but they wrap production on the yeah. Punisher. Probably, probably November. Right. So if we get three this year, if we get three Marvel movies and three Netflix shows, oh, crap, what a great year it is. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Rugs, where can the people find you on the uh, internets? Well, you can find me on Twitter at really rug boy. And you can find me there. And I don't know what I'm going to do when you, when I, when you find me, I don't know what's going to happen. You can poke rug boy in the slack hole. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Listener. We appreciate every second you spend with us in your ear holes. Uh, this is the jock and nerd podcast, and we will see you next time. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Hey, Guava Doce, everybody. It sounds like a sign off. <laughs> it does. And a nice Guava Doce to you. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Get your hand off.
imagine we get to interview an actual Guevadoche.